Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, hello, and welcome back. It is the 82nd episode of Eurobash on MMAfighting.com. We're still here. The fights are back. Sanity has been restored, or maybe it hasn't at all. Um, the debate will go on for a long, long time. But how are you, Norman McGrath? Was it good to have some violence back in your life last weekend? It was, yeah. It was, it was good fun. Um, good cards. Um buzzing obviously for some form of live sport well sport in some countries <laughs> so no i was happy man it was good late night i didn't get better i think it was jesus 8 30 a.m here local time so tired one on sunday but uh yeah it, it was a fun fun card and uh poor El tony eh? oh my god we're gonna talk about it later but i mean i guess our worst fears were imagined in the most um amazing way for justin gaethje with the performance of his life i thought it was I thought he was magic. I thought he was magic from the first bell um, and to recover the way he did after that big shot at the, the end of the second round, that uppercut of Tony yeah, Ferguson's. Definitely. I think he was absolutely brilliant. I think it's safe to say it's the best performance of his life. Easily the best performance. And um, he's really sort of put it together. He didn't really know. Obviously, we know and in, in, knew in WSOF what, what Justin was. But when he came to the UFC, obviously, you know, that uh, a loss and a couple of losses, I think. was it, Is it two losses he has in the UFC? Obviously, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, yeah. Justin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, so since then, he's, he's really sort of just got his shit together and he's just looked so fluent, man. And that was clearly, I think, uh, without any stretch of the imagination, easily the best performance of his career. Um, just just dismantling poor El Tony. Yeah, man, my heart goes out to Tony. Uh, um, it was our worst fear. We'll talk about it more later. Let, tell you what, let's let's just hit up the headlines yep. very quickly and we'll, we'll be able to talk whatever shite we want to after that. Justin Gaethje possibly will face Habib this summer, according to Dana White, after capturing the interim lightweight title with a fifth-round stoppage of Tony Ferguson, snapping a 12-fight win streak for El Kakui. Conor McGregor interested in a summer bout on Fight Island, according to Dana White. Uh, Piotr Jan to compete for the vacant bantamweight title following Henry Cejudo's impromptu retirement on Saturday night following victory over Dominic Cruz. Blagoj Ivanov will face Augusto Sakai on May 23rd. And Czech Congo, our friend from France, has re-signed with Bellator for one year. Now, um, I guess first of all, Cejudo's retirement. Um, like, I mean, again, we can talk about how genuine that is later on. But good news for Piotr Jan, right? Oh, yeah, really good news. I listened to all the, the post-fight media stuff and... You know, he was he was asked Henry what he thinks the UFC should do in terms of um, the 
the belt now that he has obviously vacated it with his retirement. And, and he, you know, the first thing he said was have a four-man tournament with Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling, uh, Marlon Marais, and Corey Sandhagen. So that was an interesting line of thought from me. Best from four candidates for me. Sorry? Best four candidates. They're the best four candidates, I think, for a tournament. I, I think so, yeah. No, I, I, listen, I don't think you can disagree with that. Um, maybe Jose, Jose Aldo uh, might, <laughs> but um, we'll see what the case is with, with his fight. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with that, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah, uh, a bit of a surprise, but I think he's come out again today um, in a report. I'm not sure who the report was from. Um, I should have jotted that down earlier on, but he said Dana White knows what the figure is. So He said that at the press conference. At the press conference, was it? Sorry, Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah... Look, man, you don't know with this guy. He's a he's a little um, annoying young gentleman. Um, I, I think we, we've seen that from um, over the last couple of years well, um, with think, his behaviour. Well, so, do you think that? Um, do you think that it will be Jan next? Like, do you believe that it it will be at least one fight where he has vacated the title, and we will see Piotr Jan fight for that title? Well, I think behind the scenes, he's probably you know when he, when he said that about the money, he's probably going to negotiate with the UFC and speak to Dana White, and if they can't come to terms. Dana White will just go, no, see you later. So, yeah, pro- you know, why not Peter Jan? Um, you know, I think he might fight for the title if that is the case, yeah. Um, worrying things. Let's talk about the context of this event on um, Saturday because it, it's far from, you know, uh, a dreamlike sequence. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Jacare's failed test on Friday um, yeah. was huge. Uh, a lot of video emerged of him. Being around other fighters, uh, you know, it's obviously scary stuff. I, I was very concerned for the people I know on the ground there, to be honest, when when this happened. Yeah, but um, I, I didn't for a second think it was going to be cancelled. Um, I'll tell you that much. I didn't even didn't even cross my mind. Um, I, I think once the UFC have tests in place there, they've they realize that there could be a positive one. Like, I mean, it's yeah. it's not like they're testing everyone to. Uh, to um you know to underline the fact that everyone's uh testing negative here like in a situation like this i think they were definitely like you know they were definitely aware that someone could fail so i didn't think you know i mean what's the point in doing tests at all if, yeah. if you're gonna close the whole thing down um as soon as someone tests positive like that that was my that was me trying to look through the ufc's eyes at the situation so it yeah. never even um it never even crossed my mind that they cancel it. Like I thought they'd anticipate that, but there was a lot of cries for it on Friday. Um, I, I, I think mean, the, it seems like it's just constant. I, I think the only ones that were ever going to potentially cancel the event were the Florida Commission, um, and that was cleared up pretty much within two hours of the announcement that Jack Red tested positive. Um, I think uh, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Journal Review was the one to speak to the commission, and, and they dispelled that. They said they were happy enough with the procedures the UFC had in place. Um, yeah, like, you're dead right. The UFC were never going to call it, you know. I think, as you said there, when you have this structure in place of the testing, that they are anticipating something uh, bad or a positive result is going to happen. So I think, you know, once that happens, um, it, it was only down to Florida, and Florida were, were happy with it to go ahead. They obviously had their head in in the UFC hotel, and the commission were, were obviously their presence. They were happy. So, yeah, the, the fight was never going to go by the wayside with that. The Florida Commission, mate. 
<laughs> it was it. I mean, look at look at Dana in the post fight press conference. Like, yeah. what would you recommend to other sports? Come to Florida. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 that's it. Like, you know, there's golf back on in Florida this week as well, and there's a PGA Tour skins event. So that's where I think everyone's going to be going to get their uh, their sport back on. But uh, you know, the, the interesting thing for me, and you know, if the report. Um, that came out from Anthony A. Smith was true. If Jackeray was speaking to the medical staff, Stephen before, A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith, sorry, <laughs> was speaking to uh, the medics. Uh, that the Jackeray was speaking to the medics beforehand when he arrived in, and he said he was in contact or thought he was in contact with, with, with family members who had contracted the virus. I just don't get why the UFC just didn't lock him in his room just to be safe, and you know, even bring a, a scales up to his room and said, "Let him, you know, run around backstage." And we saw that, and obviously with the video that Fabrizio Verdum um, put up, it was just a bit odd, in my opinion, uh, you know, taking that risk. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, you know, they can say it was a great success. Dana seems to think it was a great success, but realistically, we're not going to know if it was a great success until two or three weeks from now when, you know, as we'll hear from Jose yeah. Young's later on, like, I mean, people are still pouring into this hotel. Like, yeah. I mean, we have fights on Wednesday, we have fights on Saturday. Um there's a lot that could go wrong in hindsight, you know, I mean, after the fact of the yeah. actual events here in terms of the spreading of coronavirus and uh, knowing that we did have three positive tests on the ground there, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And as I said there, you know, Jacques I think, you know, I noticed I text you and, you know, obviously he went into weigh in and he touched Dana and then Dana touched Michelle Waters. And it was, it's just like, man, you, it was just very uncomfortable to watch. Um, back, especially after we and found out. So, so hypersensitive, right? Yeah, everyone's so hypersensitive about these. Um, you know, obviously because of the situation, you, you have to be. But I mean, but what? But, and but, even at the event, right? Like the social distancing wasn't really. I mean, Joe Rogan <laughs> was basically on yeah. the back of every fighter when he was interviewing them. Dana White, no need for a mask, handshake, and everyone. Um, I kind of expected that. I'm going to be honest. Like, I mean, I knew, I knew. We wouldn't get an impeccable social distancing performance from Dana yeah. Weiss, the man who has, would not would not show no quarter to coronavirus whatsoever. Yeah, it was just a bit weird. Even on fight night, you had guys cornerman wearing masks, then other cornerman not wearing masks. It was just a bit of a clusterfuck, sort of looking around. You're going, oh, should he not have a mask on? Should this guy not be wearing this or that? But yeah, like the thing is, why take the fucking risk with, with Jackery? I just don't get that. I really don't get it. Like, um, they're just clearly, um you know, causing problems for themselves in situations like that. The minute he said that, he should have been thrown up to his room and fucking locked in there. And that's the basically the bottom line. And he wasn't. So why? I just... Yeah, we, can I we mean, not get an answer for that? That's what's really annoying. We, um... Like, I mean, we keep on talking about uh, this social responsibility for the UFC. But if the first thing Jack Ray Souza is saying to people is, yeah. I might have it when he arrives there, he probably shouldn't have... <laughs> Traveled, you know, like I mean, yeah. that's a red flag for me. If you think you have it, stay the fuck home. Big time. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's so. Uh, I, like I look, I understand the man has to make money, um, and I understand I'm speaking yeah. in hindsight after the effect. It's just the way Stephen A. described that as this was his opening <laughs> remark to the medics. Like yeah. I'm like Jesus, maybe you shouldn't have went. Lock him to his room straight away. That's what he should have done. Idiot, idiotic stuff from the and especially when guys are cutting weight as well and. Your immune system's down. You feel like shit. You're more ten times probably more likely to pick up any sort of virus. It's just, it's just, it's crazy. I don't Sorry. get it. But apparently, there was um, the emails were sent out for the guys traveling in um, today or yesterday, whenever they arrived in for the cards. They were told to just let us know 
uh, in advance if you've any symptoms. There was an email, amended email sent out by the UFC apparently uh, today. So who knows? It just imagine you're six months mental. behind it. You're six months behind on your rent. Uh, you need a fight to pay for that, and you get that email on the fucking flight. I don't think you're looking at it. You're going, oh well. Yeah, ah, of course, of, of course, you're. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, like that's it. But <laughs> it, it is. It's bonkers yeah. shit from the UFC. It's madness. It really is it's crazy. And they need to yeah. need to just like there are things they they're just such basic things. PT is it's annoying. Like, but 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 I mean, I feel like this event had to happen for them to learn from it anyway. Like, I mean. Of course, I think we were all saying, you know, we we prefer um, if we knew a bit more about this yeah. before people were doing uh, these events. Um, but I guess each event will be an improvement on the last, or at least in theory, right? Yeah, well, I think we saw that today with the amendments that were made um, to the process and the procedure coming into the host hotel and coming into Jacksonville. So, yeah, thankfully they've amended that to some description. And let's just hope we don't have any... Um, other cases, which um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we do. Let, let's be honest about it. We, we we could very well have another case. We could have two cases. That's the nature of of this virus. So I'm just praying that we don't. Um, but I'm sure we'll see in the next couple of days. Obviously tomorrow with the Wayans, or today. Yeah, um, Sorry, today. <gasps> time of listening for Wednesday night. <laughs> oh yeah, <it> goes. <laughs> uh, Justin Gaethje uh, battered Tony Ferguson. There's no oh, other no. way around it. He claimed the interim title, but. You know, before we get into the nitty-gritty um, of the fights in the next section of this podcast, um, the reality is, which we've been saying for weeks, is yeah. Habib and Tony is dead now. That is Done. the the mythological fight um, that we will never see now, or really will never have the value or importance that it could have had. Um, even the first time it was matched, it, it won't mean as much as that if it happens yeah. now. Um, I mean... Was it all worth it to to chase away the unicorn of the lightweight division, which well, was well, no, no, Habib v. Tony? No, no, no. Obviously not for for Tony. Tony, uh, you know, he's a guy. He, he said he doesn't any any regrets, but I guarantee he woke up on Sunday morning and said, "Shit, you know, if, if you know, why did I put myself in this position and take that fight? Listen, it's, it's everything's great in hindsight, but." It is. It's a crying shame we're never going to see this fight. And Tony looked old uh, on Saturday night. And I've never sort of seen a guy go from that to that in such a short amount of time. He had he had, he, he didn't really have anything, Pete. He didn't really offer. I think he landed, you know, one shot that sort of half hurt Justin Gaethje. I think it was an uppercut in the, in the first or second rounds. And, and that was pretty much it during the At the, the end fight. of the second round. And that was it. There was nothing yeah. really else that... It, bother Gaethje we'll talk about the fights later yeah but yeah I think um, that's it yeah, I think you can draw a line under that fight now and there's people three or four people now that are going to skip ahead of, of Tony Ferguson yeah um, okay they, one of the, another, there's just so much shit to talk yeah. about it's hard to get to it, it all is. but Donald Trump in the introduction of this yeah. I mean this is something that we've never seen before you are talking about the mainstream ramifications of this event taking place when no other sports are on. And I don't think anything brought that crashing home to me as as much as Trump mm. being at the start of that broadcast. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I was tweeting or I was looking at something. And then next of all, I see that uh, furious crown of yellow slash gray slash white hair and <laughs> uh, that beautiful orange face. And I was going, Jesus Christ, this is a moment. This is a sporting moment that we're witnessing right now, you know? Don't drink disinfectant. 
yeah, I hope he didn't say that. Oh, I had him on mute. But I mean, in terms of, of a president showing up at the start of a broadcast, it's pretty fucking crazy, of right? Of course it is. He was there a few months ago, and he's obviously a great relationship with Dana White over the years. And, you know, of course, it, it's, it's a big night for the UFC, and it's a big night for America. And it had Trump's backing. It, it was always going to be... Um, you know, I sort of felt, I didn't even really think about it that much, but I always sort of felt there'd be some ink link of Trump being involved in that broadcast because he's talked openly about sport. He's met with all the uh, organizations um, in the United States, all the leading figures. So to me, it yeah, was like... Vince McMahon and Dana White. Yeah, two, yeah. Was, two was best pals, mate. So he's going to give them a... Chairman of the board. <laughs> he's going to give them a glowing uh, endorsement. And that, that was the case. And, you know, that is big for, for the United States and it's big for the UFC and... It's a big moment. I'm I'm intrigued to see the numbers now and see what the UFC uh, pay-per-view results will be from this because there was no sport on. And let's be honest, there was a lot more people um, than general talking about um, a pay-per-view. Uh, and I noticed it here at my friends. I noticed it going over to the shops and stuff like that. There's a couple of big fans down here in Churchtown. They're always asking me stuff. And, and, and they were, were, were talking about it all week, really excited. You know, lads that would watch the odds card here and there that Conor McGregor be involved and they were watching this fight because they were eager to see live sports yeah we saw all the stars um, you'll hear Jose Young's talk about that he has a bit of better understanding of uh, NBA NFL and all that business but we saw them commenting throughout the broadcast along with huge names like my own and then um, <laughs> you know what I wanted to know was was you know I know it's still too hard to tell right? but this is the thing that keeps going through my head and I'm wondering, does this give the UFC a push in the right direction or does it pull it in the opposite direction? Because if all goes according to plan and we are dealing with no massive outbreak in Jacksonville yeah. and everyone gets home and we find out that Jack Ray and his family are all well and good, I, I think it will have great ramifications for the UFC's name. But the potential disaster that is lingering in the background here could could it could maybe ruin the sport, maybe ruin the UFC. I can't help but, but think that as well. Yeah, obviously it could. Um, but I think that's the risk that they were willing to take and they took. And from what we've learned so far from the cards that's just gone down, it was thankfully only Jacare, but you know that could be passed on um, to a number of other people that were there that we're unaware of yet. Um, I'm sure that will come out if it does. So yeah, the UFC have openly taken this risk and it could be very, very detrimental to the sport because we've seen, you know, um, obviously the Bundesliga was supposed to come back. It, it is coming back this uh, weekend as far as I'm aware, the 15th, um, I believe it is. But they've put it back two or three times because they didn't feel that structures were um, in place in the community in relation to where they were with the coronavirus and how the government were dealing with it. So I think it's going to go from there. Um so yeah, like of course, if this turns to a big outbreak, the UFC are in a lot of trouble. If anything happens this week, it's not going to be a good look for 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 mixed martial arts the sport. And I think, you know, a lot of um, the outlets, um, even here, for example, who who very rare, very rarely cover positive store, sp- uh, stories or news in mixed martial arts, obviously jumped on the negative aspects. I heard the Jacare incident was run every hour on the news bulletins here in Ireland on Saturday. Yeah. And um, the same again on Sunday when we uh, obviously learned about the uh, stipulation or sorry not the stipulation the, um, the 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 UFC contracts in relation to uh, the fighters had to um, and media and media were were told they weren't allowed to speak about um, 
um, you know, did they ever feel their, their uh, safety was, was in danger? So that was ran literally from first thing in the morning on Saturday and Sunday, both those stories here in Ireland. Uh, no surprise they, they pick up on those stories, but that's very detrimental in its own sense to the mainstream promotion of the I, sport I, I across the board and anywhere, really. I, I like I saw you, um, you know, kind of saying the, you know, you know, they only they only say the negative stuff. And look, they're, they're, you definitely have a point there, without a doubt. But I feel like you got to cover that. Like you got, oh, no, you yeah, got to no, cover. No, the no, fact no. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Outbreak. Yeah, my my point was, I have no problem with them covering that PT. Not zero problem. But you know, are they really covering it if they're not, you know, covering the sport across the broader scale uh, on the positive stories? That was my point of view, that it's always the negatives, it's always the negatives. And yeah, I, I totally understand why they've covered it. It's a big story. But cover the good ones as well. Or, you know, big fight was announced. Why do they just pick up on the shock and awe stories? That's that's all that we get here in Ireland. And it's a fact, and it's a lot of bullshit. And, you know, um, it's it's just like, do your job. But this is world news. It is world news. But, this you know, is, it, this is world Like, this is, yeah, but this is one of the rare occasions where MMA is world news. Like, that. that's what I'm kind of, that's what I'm worried about, to be honest, Noel. Like, we... We have this big spotlight as the only sport back now, and if we fall on our faces now, yeah. it's gonna be fucking biblical, you know. It is, it is. Um, you know, and other sports are coming back this week. Let's be as honest; well. they don't, they don't, they don't like MMA anyway. They, 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 like, they don't like MMA, but you just mentioned there. You said you know it's a it's a big big story, but they neglect other world stories and such as you know McGregor fights, Habib fights, stuff like that. They are world stories when they're announced. They are. They'll they'll mention a Tyson Fury fight. So why not mention MMA fight? It's just about balance, PT. That's what I'm talking about there. But yes, you're dead right. If anything happens this week, we will look like a bunch of fills. Or if there's any knock-on effect from last weekend's card, of course we will. But I think now the fact of the matter is that there is other sports, you know, resuming, coming back into the spot. Like Germany's back this week. as said the Bundesliga. Um, there's, there's talk of the Premier League um, announcing a date very, very soon to get back in. Uh, the golf is back. So... It mightn't look so bad if, if if they have some cases here and there as well. And, uh, you know, I think it was announced as well. La Liga in Spain have had six more players test positive uh, between the first and second divisions there. So it's going to be very, very interesting to I see guess, if these leagues do resume as well. I guess, that, like we talked about it last week with the Bundesliga thing, and we were, we were unaware of what way the UFC were going to do it at that stage. But I guess in hindsight, like, I mean, the one thing that is pretty obvious like the way the Bundesliga did it, they tested them the week before, found yeah. out there was ten players who are positive, and then we're like, let's call it off. I guess in a perfect world, um, I think it would have been best if the UFC test these people last week, you know, and, and then see who's coming to this hotel at all. But you know, um, Captain Hindsight once again, Peter Carroll uh, can't really do much about that now. Um, I feel like. Uh, we need to talk to someone on the ground, a media member on the ground. There has been lots of talk about these waivers um, that the, the media and the fighters were asked to sign. And throughout this episode, you'll hear from a media member, the beautiful Jose Youngs, and you'll hear from a fighter, Brian Keller, speaking about this waiver. Um, let's have a listen to what Jose has to say. It was great to have him on, his second appearance ever on uh, Eurobash. And uh, beautiful to say... Not an ill word spoke about Noel McGrath here. I feel like I feel like we're in the middle of the peace process here. That's what I feel like. I feel like I feel like I'm finally bring these two yeah. worlds together amicably. He rang me and apologized and begged for mercy. So I, I've I've <laughs> let him I've, I've let him off. I've pardoned him. Um, yeah, no, I've pardoned him. Yeah, he's rang me and apologized, and um, he sent me over a box of chocolates as well, saying he's very very sorry for mentioning my name in vain. So I've pardoned the fool. 
I heard he was crying and everything down the phone. Is that true? Absolutely bawling. Yeah, FaceTime me and, and you know, you could see the tears streaming down his face. So I demanded he cut his hair. It was actually two weeks ago before he cut the hair. So Oh, wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, All right. That was the apology. apology. Well. So uh, like he got a box of chocolates as well. He was begging. He was crying. Um, so, yeah, I, I've pardoned him. I've pardoned him. He's a lucky boy. And, what, and, and there is no better way to show that the olive branch has been... Um, <laughs> what is that phrase? Extended. Extended, sorry. The elephant has been extended that to have Jose Youngs once again on the Eurobash. So here he is. Um, I'm very worried about him, to be quite honest, uh, when I heard the news on Friday. Um, I hope he stays safe. I'm sure it's an incredibly nervous situation. Um, and yeah, he, he gives us everything he has on this. And by all accounts, I do not think Jose Youngs is, is afraid to criticize the UFC after signing that waiver. Um, so we'll be back in about 20 minutes to talk about the fights. And now... He has returned to the Eurobash. It is the leader of the Crystal team over on the A-side. My good friend and the most beautiful man in MMA, Jose Youngs. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm pretty exhausted, man. I'm still in Jacksonville. It's, I don't even know what day. Monday? It's Monday. Another virtual media day when we're recording this. So I'm pretty exhausted, but still got two more shows to do. I didn't know how much I loved you until uh, the the positive test um, kind of came out on uh, Friday, I believe it was. It was Friday for me when I woke up to the news, anyway. And suddenly I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, you know, this this is this is crazy, right? Like, I mean, when that when that news breaks over there, are, are you kind of? Um, I mean, does it change the dynamic of the situation quite uh, rapidly when something like that happens? Well, I'll tell you what it was. I was sitting downstairs, like, because there's one restaurant open in this entire area, and it's in the bottom of the hotel. Like, nothing exists. There's no life outside of this hotel. You could tell me I'm in Jacksonville, and I would have to believe you. Like, nothing is happening around here. Um, so me, uh, our good friend Oscar Willis, uh, and Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review Journal were just eating dinner downstairs. What everyone made, way, everyone had weighed in. Uh, it was late at night, so we were like, let's just go eat. It's the only place around. And then the news breaks, and I'm not saying fighters were being, uh, like, a little more cavalier, but fighters had made way. They were kind of outside getting some fresh air, talking to their coaches down in the lobby. No one was, like, there weren't large groups, but there were maybe, like, groups of, like, one or two people. <clears throat> and then the news breaks, and you could absolutely tell, uh, see a change in, like, the vibe of the room. Everyone started to leave, like, not in a mad panic or a rush, People just started to really go back up to their rooms. And uh, I, as you know, uh, I didn't, when you're Friday night and you, you go out to eat, you don't bring your computer or nothing because work's over. I run up to my room to get my computer to start work. I'm, me and Oscar, because uh, Oscar's uh, computer was in my room too. We get in the elevator with Greg Hardy, who's just been cleared. He's like, I'm all good. And we go, did you hear the news? And he's like, what news? I'm like, Jacques is positive in his eyes bugged out Holy like so shit. we broke we basically bro broke the news to greg hardy who if you remember from virtual media day said he was very stressed given the fact that he has severe asthma so he already has like a uh, uh, uh he's probably more susceptible to underlying this. issues so, he got little, so uh yeah he uh uh he looked a little stressed but he said he got cleared so he he the next day he said it was fine but uh you could absolutely 100 percent feel like the vibe of the room just kind of turn uh downstairs it wasn't a panic no one ran no one screamed but everyone just went back to their rooms 
Yeah, wow. Yeah, and I mean, just for you, I mean, you, you were speaking to me earlier. You said your flight was packed over on the oh way over. Oh, my God. I mean, it sounds like a pretty stressful situation, to be honest. Dude, I don't even – It's I, so from, like, Phoenix, because I had a layover in Dallas. From Phoenix to Dallas, it was about 75% full. There was someone sitting next to me, like, right next to me, in the middle seat with no mask. And I was like, this – I'm not sleeping on this flight. Like, I'm going to be stressed the whole time. And then Dallas to Jacksonville was completely full. There were no empty seats. Like Daniel Cormier, Dan Henderson, and Laura Sanko, they were all on my flight too. I didn't see a single empty seat. A lot more mass on this flight, but uh, all of these this rumors and talks of people not selling that middle seat, that wasn't true because I, every single middle seat was filled. It was the most I, – I was tense the whole time. Like my muscles were just clenched the entire flight. Uh, so, yeah, worst flight of my life. Smooth flight, no bumps, but real, real stressful. So how many times would you, are you going to be, I, can, I heard you speaking about like you get a new wristband every day after yeah. you're tested. I mean, is that the full, you know, swab down the nose job every day or no. what? So I got, I got the swab down the nose, uh, temp check, and then the antibody test the day I got here. Uh, like the, like within minutes of getting to this hotel, they don't even let you check in yet. You have to go and take medicals. Uh, and then every single morning there's like a window where you go down to this this table and they just check your temperature with this gun. I've they put it, it up yeah, to yeah. your your they, yeah they put it up to your forehead and click and then they go ninety seven point nine and then which means you're obviously normal uh, and then they switch out your wristband every single day so every day is a new color or pattern uh, and that just shows people in the hospital that you have been tested and everyone wears masks. Uh, I was wearing a mask from I brought a mask from Arizona on the flight and everything. Um, Mine ripped, uh, I don't know how, and I just asked the USC for some, and they gave me a bag of like two or three. Wow. So they're giving away masks and gloves too. There's antibacterial dispensers everywhere. Uh, uh, people are, like I was telling you before we started this, uh, people fighting Wednesday are, are arriving like yesterday and today, maybe even Saturday. So you're seeing more people get the nasal swab right now. But uh, And if you look at the floors, there's like you get in the elevator, there's footprints everywhere that's like stand here stand here stand here stand here and then when you there, there's like one marketplace to get like waters and sodas and whatever there's markings on where to stand all over the hotel uh we had to get uh another temp check to even enter the arena so i had two temp checks on saturday one in the hotel one in the arena uh we had assigned seating everywhere in media in the media room and at official wings we each had our own uh, workstations we were separated six feet all the fighters were super far away. Uh, during the media stuff, the UFC staff was disinfecting the mic for the fighters, wow. every single fighter. Uh, and we each had our own microphone, so we wouldn't have to pass it around. So we had our own table, our own microphone, our own power station. Uh, it was impressive. It was very productive because we felt like we each had our own workstation to work at. Uh, so it, outside of the pandemic uh, kind of causing chaos, it was uh, actually a pretty well-organized, uh, well-doiled machine uh, security had going uh, in terms of making sure uh, everyone was clear. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. Obviously, we spoke a lot about it on the A-side with Casey um, and, and the various fighters we have on. But we all expressed concerns about this uh, these events going ahead, I suppose. And after you being there, um, has that uh, does it seem less daunting being there or does it seem more daunting being there? <laughs> it's... Uh... It's more daunting the fact that they have to do it two more times. 
the first night, I think, went pretty smoothly. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but like I shot this video uh, between like between uh, fights, like after the first semi, because like I went out for the first fight and then went back into the back to do all the press conferences, and then went out again for the main event. Uh, after the first Sam Alvey Ryan fan fight, the UFC like staff was like spraying the canvas down with like disinfectant, uh, and they were wiping crazy. they were wiping the poles and everything. So uh, everyone was not only spread out like all all the staff, but like Bruce Buffer was sitting further away. Like uh, all all the usual faces you see behind the scenes at UFC, each pretty much had their own table, and they were all masked up. Uh, there was it was eerily quiet. Um, it went smooth. I just wanted. Did they have to do it two more times? Uh, I don't know if more media is showing up now that they they maybe they feel safer. Uh, but I tell you what, I'm not leaving this hotel or this room much at all. I'm just sitting here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not as daunting. It's just a little more. I, they have to do two more times, so that's a little. That's just that's a little stressful. Of course, more bodies. The multiplier effect. Yeah. This thing is the big thing, of course. Um, Exactly. But, um, you know, a, a huge amount has been made of this waiver. Um, <laughs> you know, this is one of the things I wanted to get you on about most because I, I feel like, you know, the, the Ioli article went out on Yahoo Sports. And, you know, it, it, Dana White has answered the kind of accusation by Espinosa in the report. But then there's more today. We, I saw Karim Zidane writing something for The Guardian earlier today. And I'm sure it's impossible for you to keep up with all this uh, critique that's going on. But can you explain to me... Uh, the process by which uh, media members had to sign the waiver and what was your immediate reaction to it? So I got there and I signed like just, and I was talking to like Brian and Steven about this, our bosses. Yeah. It was like, we get, I, there is no part of me that thought I wouldn't sign a waiver, at least a health waiver. Like you have like, you can't be coming to this situation and not expect to sign something and be like, yes, I am aware of the risk I am taking. So that's what that's pretty much the one I signed when I arrived. It was like it was a health one. It was like uh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it wasn't the event one that's under under question uh, right now. It was basically just the medical one saying like, hey, you're waving like like we get it. You're you're here. You're risking. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. If I get it, I know the risk I'm taking. Uh, and then the UFC goes, you have to sign this one to get into the like to just cover the event, like to get into the arena. You got to you got to sign this. And I was like, ah. Uh, after some back and forth with my bosses, we were like, well, I think we have to sign it because like, I'm here to report the facts. I'm not going to just make things up. I'm not going to like Dana White didn't, I, people are saying like, oh, you can't speak ill about the UFC now. I can say Dana White didn't wear a mask. And I think that was absolutely stupid all week that he wasn't wearing a mask. I'm comfortable saying that, um, I think it was foolish that he fist bumps the fighters. I think it was dumb that he stood between the fighters. But I feel comfortable I can say that after speaking with our, our bosses. Uh, I don't think that is preventing me from, quote-unquote, speaking out. I'm just talking about what I, I'm seeing. Dana White didn't wear a mask. That's stupid. I saw it. We have the video of it. Uh, I'm just reporting the facts. Uh, I understand the situation and everyone is upset. But after speaking with our bosses... I feel I don't like it. I wish I didn't have to sign it, uh, but I signed it to get into the arena, and I got the, to to do my job pretty much. Look, man, the the way I was looking at this is like you're after putting yourself in harm's way, all the way here, you know, on the flight as you said, probably so stressful. Uh, you eventually get there, 
um you know a lot of travel there's a lot of people there you, you've probably gone through health checks etc and then you get this thing to say oh you, you got to sign this um blah 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 like, there's no way you're not signing at that stage as well you know what i mean i know you're going to do your job you always do so i mean signing this thing um i'm sure you know although you did probably have to speak to brian and steven a lot like there was no way you, you get me like i mean there was no way yeah, when you there's... go to brian and steven you were like oh i'm gonna be on a flight tomorrow going home no way no, like, and I had like, yeah, I, I agree. I was talking with our bosses pretty much the whole way, like the whole, even before I landed. So it wasn't like I just signed it and not knowing, like I spoke with the people, I spoke with the people that needed to know. Uh, they spoke with people that needed to know. And then, then they told me like, we might have to sign this just to do you like you flew out there. We need this con like we talked about this on the A side. We have a million questions and about how this event is going to go down. The only way to get these answers is for someone to get inside. Uh, I'm not. I wish I didn't have to sign this in a perfect world. I didn't have to sign it, but I signed it. I entered the arena. I did my best. I got all the like. No one stopped me from taking uh, footage of disinfectant or uh, there was a ring. There's a one of the octagon girls was here. She wasn't even doing the rounds on the cage. She was just standing up. I was taking photos behind the scene. No one stopped me. Um, and again, I feel comfortable in saying like, yeah, the UFC did a, as good as they can. Dana White was probably a little probably like, no, Dana White definitely should have been wearing a mask. Definitely shouldn't have fist bumps, the stare downs. If we didn't have stare downs, wouldn't have blamed them. Uh, I think no stare downs would have been safer. Um, I don't know exactly the timeline of the Jacare news. I really don't. Mm. Uh, cause I wasn't there when I checked in with Laura, Dan, uh, Cormier, Henderson, and a few other people, and they all got cleared. I saw them. I saw them get thumbs up. Daniel Cormier was absolutely shaking during that testing. Oh, it would be um, too, man. Was it horrific, the, the, uh, the, the thing up the nose? Yeah, I, it didn't bother me. I've had my nose pierced enough times. It just it doesn't hurt at all. It just tickles, and you just immediately, your eye starts watering because it's your tear duct. Uh, but Dan Henderson was, like, talking trash to Cormier the whole time. He's like, you got this. He's like, don't be a, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch and stuff like that. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, the waiver, I, I wish I, in a perfect world I didn't have to sign it. I understand everyone's upset. Um, but I flew out here to cover the events, and I had to do it. I waited as long as I could until they said, we need you to turn this in, and I did. Is it getting to you at all, seeing the reaction to it and seeing people's criticisms of the media? Um, it was. It was a little bit just because I'm here in this quarantined hotel. Uh, and I was like, I'm just trying to do my job. And I, it's, it's very easy to come after someone when you're quarantined far away and you're not in this environment right now. Mm. But the people that we, we report to, like our superiors and the people that know, like they have my back. So I'm comfortable with that. And uh, no one's come at me directly. Not a single person's come at me directly. Uh, everyone's been more like, oh, reporters are doing like, you sold your soul. And I was like, ah, that's, that's a bummer to read. But the people that have my back, that I need to have, have my back, have my back. So uh, I, I, appreci I appreciate them. I w again, I wish I didn't have to sign it. And I understand and uh, some people like uh, ESPN wrote a report about it, too. And it was our old colleague, Mark. And people were like, are you mad at Mark? I was like, no, not even a little bit. He just did his job. Like, I'm not even well, yeah. I'm not even like I don't blame Mark. I don't blame Kareem. I don't I like these guys like these guys are my colleagues and friends. I completely understand where they're coming from. Uh, so, no, I'm not mad at them at all. I'm not even like they're just doing their job. I am also trying to do my job. And unfortunately, 
it came down to this. Exceptional times lead to exceptional circumstances, as they say. You're not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. What can I just ask you about the crowd, uh, Jose? Like, I mean, was there oh, any yeah. moments like you know? Um, I, I think I heard Brett Okamoto speak about uh, you know when when Cejudo retired, that probably would have been a big crowd moment, right? Like a huge um, moment he, for the crowd. He, uh, was there any any other things like that? It. He liked Henry Cejudo kind of likes not having a crowd during his retirement. I asked him that. Like, at the presser, I was like, was it bittersweet having no crowd? He goes, absolutely not. He could it see Heidi and all. Yeah, I saw, I saw him. Saying. Right. He was like, I got to look at the actual employees that I see every day and, like, thank them rather than being drowned out. So he actually, I thought when he retired, I was like, ah, it would have been great to retire in front of a huge crowd, maybe in Las Vegas, maybe in L.A. or Arizona. But after hearing him talk, I was like, ah, props to you, man. Like, you know what you wanted to, how, you know how you want to retire and you got it. Uh, it was very bizarre. You could hear both corners. Uh, you could hear the commentary uh, from the side. Like I wish you could hear what Tony Ferguson talks so much between rounds. Yeah. Uh, he was like yelling at Herb. Like after he dropped Gaethje after round two, he was yelling at Herb Dean. He's like, "I don't need it. I don't need sixty seconds. I don't need a full minute. Get him off the stool. Let's go." Uh, he was he was doing that. Like he got what really stood out to me is when uh, he actually hit Gaethje with a low blow. And I've seen a million Lobos in MMA, but it's usually drowned out by boos of the crowd. But when it happens, you just hear Gagey just go like, oh, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. And he's like walking around, like trying to shake it out. So it's like the sounds of agony are just exa- like amplified. And then while he's like trying to shake out after uh, eating a low blow, Tony Ferguson's like, you pokes me in the eye in the first round. Let's get back in here. And he's like screaming at Gagey, too. Uh, so it was super fascinating. I was right behind Gaethje's corner, so I could hear everything Trevor Whitman was saying. Uh, and I was also right near Tony's corner during the fight, because you know how they both sit off yes. to the side, and then when they enter, they, they run to another corner. So I was behind Tony Ferguson's corner during the fight, but between rounds, I was in. I was behind Gaethje's corner while Whitman was talking to him. And I'm, I can say, I think Trevor Whitman completely outcoached uh, Ferguson's corner. Uh, Trevor Whitman was unbelievable that was like a moment where uh Gaethje was like smiling and he was like this is so much fun it's like this is such a fun fight and he's like looking around like just like pumping himself up and Whitman is like look at me look at me and then Gaethje just snaps out of it and he's looking at his coach and he goes the last time you said this you got knocked out and Gaethje's like it happened twice and he goes <laughs> knock it off and then he starts telling him what to do so Trevor Whitman was pretty much pretty unbelievable uh that entire fight uh, get, keeping his uh, not just his his himself focused, but he was. I could hear everything. Like when he comes in with the left, I want you to come out, hit him with a right, hit him with a low kick. If it's not there, come up high with an uppercut. It was pretty unbelievable to see. Like like we, I've been to contender series fights where I can hear the co- the corners, but the fact that this was not only a title fight, but two of the best fighters of all time, it was super fascinating to hear them coach like elite fighters. Uh, in such a personal setting. So it was an experience I'm never going to forget, that's for sure. Finally, Jose, I just wanted to ask about, you know, what UFC currently means in the United States. Um, You know, we saw this huge outpouring of emotion from athletes from all different sports, from a lot of different people for this event going down, for Dana White bringing back sports, Donald Trump at the top of the yeah. broadcast. This this is insane. This is this is uh, territory we have not seen before in MMA. Is Dana White currently a hero um, I mean, <laughs> in, in America? Like, or is it still as polarizing as it was before the event? I'm sure... 
I think Dana White is still as polarizing as ever. Uh, I don't. I the president himself is a pol- polarizing man. So the fact that he's even on the broadcast, probably whether you like the UFC or like I personally like, say someone doesn't like Donald Trump, or they like the UFC. I'm sure that ruffled some feathers and vice versa. Mm. Uh, maybe you might not like the UFC, but you you like Donald Trump. So Donald Trump's appearance himself is going to make this a polarizing event because he's like giving the approval of this event. Um, I don't know if Dan is a hero, but I can tell you what, like backstage, it felt like a normal fight week. And I was telling Esther and Casey this, like when I was at Maymac, uh, the Mayweather-McGregor fight, I was by fight night, I couldn't wait for it to be over. I was like, I can't wait for this week to be over. I'm so burnt out from thinking about these two fighters. Uh, and then like a month later, I was like, it, I, it really started to set in how historic that was. So I feel like it's going to be the same thing because backstage, it just felt like a normal fight week. And then, you know, you see all the tweets that are going up on the screen. Like I saw yourself pop up a few times. Yeah, I was making um, hot dogs when I popped up. I wasn't even aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I saw you pop up like once or twice. But like I was seeing like Patrick Mahomes pop up, who's like the NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion. Nearly like, as famous as me. Like he's watching this. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, our our good friend, WWE superstar, Gentleman Jack Gallagher, like, he was tweeting about it. Like, people that, like, Carlos Correa, who was a, for, who was a World Series champion on the Astros, he was talking about it. Uh, Action Bronson was talking about it. So you're not wrong. Like, non-MMA, like, this really, I felt, like, non-MMA fans watched this. And it felt, after seeing all those things on the screen, I was like, wow, this is... This is the only sport in town right now. Um, I know I, I, the, the fighters didn't show like it had any pressure. I think uh, being stuck in this hotel, maybe it felt like there was kind of a bubble around us. It was very intimate feeling after seeing the same people all day. But yeah, fight. You're not wrong. Fight week, fight night itself felt like a big deal after a while, after seeing all those big names pop up on the screen. Finally, finally, is it too early to say that this was a success based on the fact that we had Jackeray there with, with the positive yeah. test and then we might not find out if it spread for maybe two weeks? I'm hearing that you can come, become symptomatic after a very long period of time. Is it too early to say that this was a success, a success for the UFC? It is because there's still two fights to go. <laughs> like for all we know, Sat Wednesday could be a nightmare. Like Saturday could be a nightmare in terms of the in terms of this most recent event. I don't think I think if Dana White in his mind formulated a, a perfect card to come back with, and in terms of how the actual fights play out, I think that was a home run. Like I don't think there was a bad fight. Uh, there was stoppages. There was crazy grappling. There was a war at the end. Henry Cejudo made made history. Uh, Greg Hardy went to, was on the show on the show. Cowboy Pettis like put on a banger. The actual card itself was a home run. That is exactly what the UFC wanted. It, they, it, imagine if they got like 12 snoozers, like, and everyone was like, oh, like, it's the only sport in town. People never watched MMA in their life, tune in, and it's like 12 snoozers and no one is finishing anybody. Like, that would be, like, the worst case scenario is a fighter competes and then later tests positive for the coronavirus. That would be worst case scenario. But in terms of the actual fights, 12 boring decisions is not what the UFC would need. So uh, I think. 249 was a success. I just, they have to do it two more times. If they can pull that same energy from these two cards, then we'll, then we can talk later and I'll have a better answer. But it's a little, it's too soon uh, to answer that question because we thought like after on Friday, we were like, wow, no one's positive. Like everyone is walking around interacting. And the Friday night Jacques Array test positive. Like 
Who's to say that won't happen again? I have no idea if more if fighters are from Wednesday or next Saturday will test positive. And, and that's a whole other can of worms we have to open. So, yes, too early at this point. Jose, I love you very much, and thank you for getting on and speaking to us again, my friend. I guess it will be Wednesday on the A-side the next time I speak to you, but I hope you continue to be very, very safe over there and continue to do a great uh, job. Thanks, man. Hopefully I make it to Wednesday, but that's the plan. <laughs> all right, man. I'll talk to you soon, right? Peace. All the best. Great to speak to the great Jose Youngs, the uh, captain crystal of the A-side, of course, the captain of our team. Um, i got to say... Man, with those waivers, I mean, from what Jose is saying there, like people are people are saying these guys aren't media members, these guys are blah blah blah. I, I think it's fucking crazy. I mean, the situation we're in is so extraordinary. The circumstances are extraordinary. And to be honest, I would have signed that waiver and said anything I wanted. And I feel like that's that's what we're at here. These guys have traveled across the country to be at this event. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, don't sign that and go home. Come on, mate. Like, I just signed it and talked as much shit as possible afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think, I think everyone is getting very dramatic about everything here. And I know, I understand that a journalist waving his right to criticize um, seems mental on paper. But, I mean, I don't think that the media are afraid to criticize um, the UFC in any way, shape, or form coming off this. And, um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. I don't think, um, we should drag these lads through the coals because they're after doing that. What? There's six people there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What? How, how else are we to know what the fuck is going on there at all? Yeah, I would have signed it to tell them to probably wipe their arse with it. But um, yeah, you know, <laughs> you got to ask the questions. You got to ask the tough questions. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised Bellator haven't thrown me out of a few press conferences. But uh, <laughs> but listen, it's, it's it's your job. It's what you do. Um, and listen, they they did. There was there was some very. Um, provocative questions asked uh, i think oscar threw one into dana asked him <laughs> about that as well uh which was which was good to hear um so yeah like it's your job these guys are trying to get paid you can't land that on someone when you're flying in you know a five four hour flight to cover an event and um demand they respect these bloody last minute contracts they've drawn up because they're probably not worth the paper they're written on anyway in my opinion uh, i don't i'm not an legal, legal guy but um to pull up something that quick in that short space of time and expect a media member to sign it i i question the validity of it so uh yeah go fuck yourself as far as this i'd be is, concerned yeah this is how this is how the, the conversation would have went with me and all uh whoever it is right ufc person and uh guys i'm not signing that fuck you're, off you're gonna have to sign <laughs> Yeah, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? That we'd sign it and then be like immediately doing a fucking emergency podcast to call them a bunch of wankers. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's what you got to do, man. It's it's bullshit. And um, like, you know, we've noticed that with Dana White over the last number of weeks, especially since the COVID um, pandemic has, has erupted and hit across the world that, you know, even he's been so... Um, unforcoming with giving away information. Uh, we saw that obviously with you know Jacksonville. I ain't telling the media nothing. There you go, exactly that. And he said that not once, not twice, not about twelve times. He said that. So that says to me that the UFC, especially I think under Endeavor, have become a closer knit group in dealing um, with their host broadcasters and um, releasing you know a lot of fights to them. You don't really hear a lot of fights released from other people anymore outside of the the home broadcasters and they've they've keep kept a lot of the media um and who dana talks to their different international partners as well i've noticed and that's sort of the way the ufc have gone 
Um, so it shows they want to control things on a certain level, their points. And um, obviously the people outside of it want to sort of stir the pot like you and me. Not stir the pot, just ask the, ask the questions that need to be asked. Um, and I think that's very much the way the UFC uh, are going to be going forward. There's going to be a lot more censorship in, in, in what they're doing, definitely. Well, uh, try to censor, if you know yeah. what I mean. Well, let's have a word about the fights. I mean, you mentioned Tony earlier. Uh, you mentioned Gaethje, the best performance of his life. He was absolutely stunning. His left hand yeah, was beautiful. Amazing. The low kicks were great. Um, do you stunning. feel, we, we said we could only answer the question properly after the fight. Do you feel that weight cut uh, three weeks ago or two weeks ago um, had, a, had a, an impact on the way Tony fought? Yeah, I, I think Tony looked extremely flat. Ran out of ideas. Didn't even look as though he had an idea. Um, maybe it's just, yeah. I, I think flatness is probably the word you could use for Tony. Maybe you know, you know, he was so worked up to fight Habib for the fifth time, and um, then that was pulled. Then he, he he made the weight cut. Maybe he felt as though he had to do that to maybe get out of a system, and it didn't work right. But he just looked old. Tony looked old. Tony looked like a thirty-six year old. We've never said that before about Tony Ferguson. He looked his age on Saturday night. And, you know, maybe this is a defining fight for Tony where there's always that one fight I feel in a fighter's career when you when you see them slope down. And I think maybe the the kavump, that voom, the voom is, is gone from Tony now. And I hope it isn't gone. I hope it, it was a blip and he comes back. But it was a, a fruitless performance, PT. There was no tactics. There was no game plan. It was just very, very stale. But listen, all credit to Justin Gaethje, as you mentioned there. You know, that left hand was... You know, he, he's known for his leg kicks with that left hand, man. It was uncomfortable actually listening to the thuds that Tony uh, was taking um, from that left hand. It was it, it was like a just a baseball bat going off a leather bag, man. It was it was absolutely disgusting, but phenomenal performance from Justin Gaethje. Really just sensational and, you know, fair play to him. Two decent fellas as well, but wishing Tony all the best. He was in the hospital as well, I think. Um, stayed overnight there in Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, tough time for the guy. You do you have to feel sorry for Tony. I think you're a sociopath if you don't. Yeah, dancing already on Instagram, which is always a good sign. But, um, yeah, you're right. Like, he had no mustard on his shots. He didn't seem like he was uh, hurting Gaethje as much as he absolutely bludgeons guys just, yeah. just months ago. Um, Look, this is the thing about Tony. He didn't need to take that fight. He could have sat out and uh, waited for a Habib fight, knowing that he was going to fight the title, knowing that he was going to fight the guy everybody wanted him to uh, fight. And as much as his behavior has led him to a loss now and, and a loss of the greatest fight um, fathomable for most mm. MMA fans, he put it on the line and he has done every, every single step of the way. Um, and the guy's a legend. And when, when you talk about someone the best fighters to never win an undisputed UFC title. I mean, he's won the interim title, but in terms of the guys who have never won an undisputed UFC title, he's got to be right up there with the very best of them. He is. He is. He is the guy, the best fighter, probably never to win an undisputed title. And it is. It's just unfortunate. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here now as well. You know, maybe he might just go fuck it and, and call it a day because he seems as though he's been in this position 10 times. And it's... Surely that takes its toll, and that's what I was saying, you know, leading into the fight, everything that happened um, in the build-up over the last two months, and taking that fight shows what a warrior and what a legend the guy is. Um, you know, he'll fight anyone, but yeah, I think maybe this might have a detrimental effect on Tony Ferguson going forward. It's going to be very interesting to see. He's, I guess, like, look, he hasn't lost in a long time, so I can't really compare it to anything else, yeah. but... 
the fact that this loss is coming at 36, mm. it just makes it very hard to believe he'll be able to climb to that mountain again, right? Like, I mean, look at how much shit he had going for him, and he still didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. No, so no, what I agree, will but... he have to do this time to get the opportunity, you know? Uh, you know, I think he's going to have to go back. I don't think Conor McGregor is going to be there. I don't think, you know, obviously Habib's not going to be there. That fight, you know, Gaethje's leapfrogged him. Um, He's probably going to go ha- back to slide back the rankings about you, you have the likes of Paul Felder there Paul openly talked about on our show last week that he'd be looking at the uh, loser of that fight as a potential opponent so he is him you know Anthony Pettis uh, was looking for a rematch um, after um, he said he wanted the loser of that fight as well in, in the post fight media scrum the other night so he is going to have to go back a little bit but the only thing is as well Pete he may it, you know with the whole epidemic and what's going on, how are the European fighters going to fight? And we haven't heard anything about a fight island since. Dana's hardly bloody mentioned it still, and he's still teasing us and doing all this shite. So we don't know if that's going to happen. So the European fighters, um, in terms of what they're going to do, um, we, we just don't know yet. And I think a few guys are going to skip cues here, as Paul mentioned as well last week. You know, that's a very, very probable case. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And, you know, I like that fight. I wouldn't say no to Paul Felder and Tony Ferguson, but listen, Tony's obviously going to take a bit of time out first and see what happens. Cejudo's clearly bargaining to me. The way he retired there. And look, I I see a lot of people saying, oh yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm sick of that guy, blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) he is a huge (laughs) loss, man. No, but I mean, he's a huge, like look what he he did. He was Um, phenomenal. I mean, look at look at the back-to-back-to-back wins he has. Like, I mean, I know people don't like the cheese and the fact he's dealing with the cushions, but when it comes down to brass tacks, what he does in the octagon, he is unbelievable. He's an unbelievable talent. He is also, um, he, he has an opportunity to be a star, a Hispanic star in the UFC, uh, a 135 champion, 125 champion, Olympian. Um, like, look, it's clear this whole thing he did was exactly like Colby Covington did. He said he decided to be a character for people to um, give their attention to, to people to to elicit emotion from people. And he has 100% done that. You can't stand the man. But what I'm <laughs> saying is, this is a guy that's bet Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw on, like, yeah. and then Dominic Cruz. And he did it in a different way every fucking time. Even the fight against Marlon mm. Moraes, unbelievable. This time was the leg kick was something I didn't even know he could do. Um, as beautiful, I heard him beautiful. say in the post, in the post fight press conference, I flattened the tires before I went for the head. That yeah. is fucking genius. Yeah. Um, he's a huge loss to the bantamweight division, and I feel as though even though Piotr Jan will finally get a shot, he's amazing. You know, I think he's the guy to get a shot. Him and Aljo is the perfect fight. Um, but the one thing I will say is, at some point. They're going to need Cejudo back to verify them. Yeah. If it's just these guys playing out the division by themselves, uh, Piotr Jan, Sandhagen, uh, Marais, uh, Aljamain Sterling, either of those fighters could beat the other three and there would still be question marks. Is he as good as blah, blah, blah? The only way you can prove that is to bring Cejudo, a guy who has beaten Dominic Cruz, the best, the best bantamweight ever, Demetrius Johnson, the, the best flyweight ever. The only way to verify these guys properly is to bring Cejudo back. So I think he probably will end up getting that money. And I do believe it's only a matter of time before we see him back in there. Yeah, yeah. listen, uh, first of all, and, and yeah, look, phenomenal. The guy is unbelievable. And I think, you know, it was a big, big shock when, when he said that <laughs> after the fight. You know, I don't think anyone was expecting it. 
Uh, yeah, no, the guy who's just just at the peak. We've seen him take out the guys he's taken out. Thirty three years of age. But but can I ask you something? On the other hand, though, would it not be a beautiful story for him to go out like this? We we see it so often in mixed martial arts where guys don't just go out and you know leave it. They come back fight time and time again. BJ Penn being obviously the classical classic example. It would be great. I'd love if he just retired and pissed off. But yes, I understand what you mean. There's definitely something there where I think he's obviously pitching he's for more money. A little bit, right? Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's pitching. He's playing for himself. And you know, I think we have to be honest. For a lot of fighters, it's not really about the titles anymore. They get to a certain point. It's obviously that with Henry now, where he wants money. And I think, as you said, um, you know, going forwards, if this tournament that he has proposed does happen. What is the magic thing to do? Henry to get back on Twitter, start calling these guys bitches, UFC, bring them back in, pay him a shitload of money, and we see a, see, see a great fight. I could see that happening, uh, but I would love to see him just call it a day. Fuck it, why not? We don't see it an awful lot, and I think the guys he's beaten, he got in as a, as a legend already. But yes, there is so much more, I feel, as though he has to give as well. Cruz tells ESPN after the fight that Keith yeah. Peterson... Smell like booze and cigarettes. Um, this is very uncharacteristic of uh, Dominic Cruz, a man who we've seen face the music in such emphatic ways before. Soul, soul destroying ways, even to watch. Like, I mean, people have admired the way this man has mm. taken losses throughout his career. He, he, I mean, not to say he's had a lot, but this is a real different um, reaction we've seen from him. He was clearly incensed in the octagon i completely get that you're fighting at the pinnacle of the sport you feel like you go on i don't have a problem with the stoppage but are you surprised to hear this smelling like booze and cigarettes thing yeah I don't, I don't. <laughs> am i surprised yeah you wouldn't expect you know any officials to be stinking of, of booze and cigarettes and for it to come out with that it's 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 totally mentally insane and i presume there's going to be an investigation um into that well, yeah, like he even said, I think beforehand, you know, the minute he saw Keith Peterson or smelt him before the fight, that he immediately didn't want him refereeing the fight. So he was pissed off right from the get go. But yeah, like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I was shocked when I saw him say that the other night. It was like, holy shit, that's a serious accusation, Dominic. So I presume they're going to look into it. There's going to be an investigation. Um, you know, if, if you're making accusations like that, there is. But. Just mental, man. Absolutely crazy. Um, we obviously can't say anything else because we don't know anything else, uh, bar what Dominic has said. But, yeah, he just, you know, first round, Henry got it. And then, was there a clash of heads at one point in the second round? There yeah, might- I, think, I, th- I think it might have been the first round. Obviously, the way Cruz uh, moves an awful lot. I think you're right. There, there probably was a clash of heads when he was drifting off to the side. Yeah. And Henry dipped the same way as he's trying to land an overhand like- right. If you look at Dominic, like, it must be very frustrating as well. You know, three and a half years out again. I think he's only fought oh, yeah. four, cal- four of the calendar years in, in in the last 10 years, which is absolutely insane. So, yeah, like it's maybe it's a build-up of emotion. I, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll know more, obviously, in the coming weeks um, if, if this investigation gets launched. God help whoever has to fight Francis Ngannou. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I mean, it actually... Unreal, man. If fucking... It scared me. Like, it scared me. Oh, I had like, nightmares. A fucking, he, he is a high-level striker, man. Like, it, look what he did to Overeem, for fuck's sake. And I know you're going to say, look what Francis did to Overeem, which is absolutely spectacular as well. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, what a statement. Um, 
absolutely mental. Like Jairzinho knocked dead, slumped against the fence. Yeah. And then DC comes out and he says, I want to retire after the Stipe fight, but if someone's fighting Francis Ngannou for a title, it's going to be me. You have balls like a Bengal tiger, Mr. DC. That it is. I, I, if I was his advisor, if I was his manager, I'd be saying, listen, mate, mm. just hang them up. It's grand. Let this lad at it. Yeah. We don't have to do this. Don't want to see him fight. Don't like. Listen, I, I think if DC was to fight Ngannou, I think <laughs> Ngannou would catch him and knock him out in, in probably similar fashion. I don't think that we're going to see That's that what anyway. I fear as well. Um, I think I think Stipe is going to handle DC again, and I think it'll probably be a rematch between Stipe and Ngano at some point going into the line. I think Francis was quite complimentary. Listen to the, you know, I was on the uh, the media call on, on Saturday night, the virtual media day or whatever. So I listened to Francis afterwards, and he said he blames the UFC for not giving him the next shot. He said. Uh, not Stipe Miocic, so he, <laughs> he was respectful to Stipe, in fairness to him, and I wouldn't like to get on the wrong side of Francis, but man, holy shit, like that left hand. Um, I, I was sort of looking, you look at something, you go, shit, has he done it again? Just like, it's it, it just literally just like taking the head off a fucking pumpkin. It was just mental. The guy's a fucking colossus, and um, I think he's looked better as well. I think he learned a lot from that first yeah. fight with Stipe, and I'd be a very, wor- very worried man. Now, if I was Steve Emmy Ochich, I was about to ask you that. Did, do you think it's a different a different situation here? Um, I mean, you picked Steve um, a lot of people didn't the first time they fought. I didn't. I thought Ngannou was going to steamroll him, um, and he didn't. He got battered. But do you think it's much of a different situation yeah. here? Because <clears throat> what I'm thinking about, I'm like, well, we knew we could do that before the first Steve fight. It's not like we've seen Jairzino shoot a takedown on him and he stuffed it and then knocked him out. He just fucking came out like a man on fire and blitzkrieged him. So, I mean, is is it that much... Can we call it that much of a different Francis we're actually going to see here? I think so. And I'll tell you why I think so. I think Francis has got a little bit nastier. Um, you know, even outside of the octagon, his media duties, he says things that he mightn't have said before that first loss to Stipe. I think it's lit a fire underneath him. Uh, you know, he, he's basically living in Vegas now in the PI. He's changed up a lot of things. He's not back in Europe as much as he used to be. It definitely lit a fire in him. And, and you see that, uh, you know, even what he was saying the other night, giving out to the UFC and stuff. We didn't see that from Francis and Ghana beforehand. You know, so he's realized now, um, I think, what it takes to beat the best. And it's a very, very, very dangerous and scary man, what we've seen from uh, from him since that loss, since the two losses. Um, and it's, listen, we always say, Pete, it's the best thing that can ever happen to a fighter is get a couple of losses and, uh, you know, rejuvenates you. And the earlier, the better, I think, it happens in your MMA career in a lot of cases. Unless you're CM Punk. Unless, but, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say, um, look, we, we were already saying that Calvin Cater could be a Beast. future featherweight champion based on his loss to Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Um, but after that Jeremy Stevens fight, how crisp he is when he lets them hands go. Mm. Of course, an elbow finished it. But fuck me, man. He is a talent, isn't he? He's got... He's his hands are immense, man. He's class. And, you know, I remember I was at uh, uh, the Brooklyn Cards. Obviously, he was supposed to be Tony Habib. And he was fighting uh, Moicano and that scrap. And it was one of the fights of the night. The two of them literally just stood there and banged through down. Technical masterclass it was. And that's the kind of guy he is. And I think now he realises... Um, sorry, he's, he's finally getting the respect maybe he deserves. And I think that was underlining that against... Jeremy Stevens to put away a guy like Jeremy Stevens and 
to put on performance like that was was pretty sensational. A lot of people don't do that to Jeremy Stevens, man, and uh, phenomenal stuff. I I think this guy is going to be right up there within the next year. He is already right up there now after that win, but I think we're looking at a potential shot, title shot in the next 12 months if he can keep going. And I think he wants to get back in there again, he said, before the end of the summer. So that'll, if he can win that fight, get a good opponent, get someone who gets him up there, you know, absolute stud, definitely. Uh, Jorgen De Castro gave us a good one round and then Greg Hardy took control yeah. of his fight. I will agree with you that he does look like he improved a little bit. Um, no doubt about it. I think I think the big moment in the fight, though, was Jorgen injuring his foot, if I'm completely honest. But what I wanted to ask you about, Noel, is Donald Cerrone, <laughs> right? An, incredi- an incredibly um, you know, competitive three rounds with a former champion, Anthony Pettis. Is this simply Donald Cerrone showing up, or is Conor McGregor that good? That's what I wanted to ask you. I think it's Donald's showing up, and I think, you know, we spoke about this last week on the show. There's been numerous cases in big fights when the spotlight's been on him. There's been a lot of pressure on him um, that he hasn't showed up. And I think Donald's, when he takes a fight in short notice, you'll always get a better result from Donald because his head's in that space. He wants to do it there, and then he doesn't have an awful lot of time to think about it. He'd way too much time to think about those RDA and Conor McGregor fights. Didn't show up. Wanted to show up on Saturday night, and he showed up. He didn't have much time to think about it. Very much so the case. And I think Anthony Pettis is a guy he's fought before as well. Um, obviously, a great fight the first time as well. So that's um, that would obviously factor into the equation as well. But yeah, that, that's totally the case with Donald. And I just wonder now, you know, like, it's, it's what is it, eight, nine losses in his last 12 or something like that. You know, he said one or two more fights. You know, I'm at the point now where I think maybe Donald should should step away. Yeah, I think a lot of people are there. Um, but I, I do feel as though McGregor, in a way, was a low-key winner on the night, even though he wasn't there. Uh, just the fact that Dana White was talking about him so much, <clears throat> the fact that so many people seem to be talking about mm. the possibility of uh, of Justin fighting Connor in the future, I feel like he did get a little bit of a win that night. And Cerrone, you know, being competitive against a former champion like Pettis, I, I feel like McGregor kind of comes away with it looking a bit better. But we had one... European in action on the night. It was Alexi Olenek and it was by far his most aggressive performance I, I suppose over the first two rounds so much in fact that he had to lie down between rounds <laughs> yeah. in one of the most bizarre <laughs> yeah. corner situations. Feet up in the, on the cage. It was it was odd like it was very odd but yeah man a good well, performance. I, Go on. Like I mean I, I feel like with, with Olenek he always thinks like my advantage is going to be on the ground here and when you're up against someone like Fabrizio Verdum, you're not going to have a fucking advantage on the ground. And I was like, well, that's him fucked. But I have to say, he his aggression was really impressive. And it wasn't the most technical thing in the world. But with them go-go gadget arms, man, he must have the longest arms oh, I've huge. ever seen. It was like they were wrapping around Verdum and hitting him <laughs> in the back of the head yeah. when he was throwing that overhand right. But um, I don't think Verdum looked himself. But, I mean, over overall, that's got to be one of the biggest wins of all in his career, right? Oh, the biggest, hands down. Yeah. Uh, Fabrizio Verdun, former UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah, 100%. And he did. Yeah, he looked good. And I think the factor in this fight was, as you mentioned, the aggression. I don't think Verdun was expecting that. And that's really what caught him off guard in this fight. And, um, you know, lying down between rounds as well. It showed you how much it took out of him um, in a physical manner, in a physical sense. And that's really what offset uh, Verdun in this fight. And, um, yeah, listen, huge, huge win for him. That's going to put him right up there now, just outside 
um, the top two or three. So a big, big win for Europe and a big, big win for Olenek. You're dead right about what we're doing. And um, I guess it's been a long time since I've saw him fight. So, uh, you know, uh, but I remember when he did fight, I mean, he's obviously got such a, a good ground game. He used to just set a tone with his jab immediately, standing very square, yeah, that toy stance from Cordero, and just belting lads with short, short, straight shots. And he just never seemed to get Olenek backing up and he couldn't employ his game, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And um, I think... With Verdum, obviously having you know, a prolonged period of time out, and you know, it, it, once you're not doing, he's that, no spring chicken either. Yeah, is yeah, you know, once you're doing that the whole time, and you know, I've always sort of, I've wondered that with Verdum, like why doesn't he take sort of more advantage of his ground game and his skills there? And we, we see him stand. It's like Justin Gaethje to a certain extent. Like we know he's such a good wrestler, but we never see it because he's built so many other skills and put so many other weapons in his uh, repertoire. It's the same thing with Verdum. And I think, you know, that time out, he's, what, 40 years of age now, 41. He's looking like an old man. And, uh, yeah, a disappointing performance on his behalf and his case. But very much so um, an excellent performance from Olek. And, uh, you know, hats off to him. I didn't really expect him to. Uh, did I call him to win? Maybe yeah, I did. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Who yeah, knows? De- decent scrap. Decent scrap. Uh, Carlos Spurs got the split decision not over Bill Watterson. I actually scored for Watterson, but certainly not uh, yeah. even close to one of the exciting fights of the night. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The fight before that was, though, um, I-, I described it as a religious experience. <laughs> Vicente Luque versus Nico oh. Price. Holy shit. It was a sleeper. Oh all, it was a sleeper all week. People weren't talking. And all. We mentioned it I last week. I was aroused. Week. It was class. It was absolutely brilliant. And uh, man, Luque is a bloody savage. The guy's... Um, the guy's just so underrated. I remember seeing him years ago. I think it was on one of the McGregor cards. And that's when he first sort of really stood out to me. And I love watching the guy fight. Like, look at Price as well, man. Two it warriors. It looks brutal, doesn't it? It is. It's, it looks it's, really it's... fucking torturous <laughs> fighting that guy. I mean, he checks every yeah. fucking leg kick. Like, it just, everything seems sore. Even when you're hitting him, it seems sore. Like, that's what I was like, oh, Nico Price, man, he's throwing a dig and he's coming out of it with a black eye. I don't even know how the fuck that <laughs> happens, but that's what it seems to be with Luke. He's just a very violent man, a very bloody violent man every time. I think he might be low-key taking over Tony Ferguson <laughs> as, as, as the blood maker, the man who cuts people open, you know? He's class, man. Like, when you when you, when you you look at it, like we were talking about people who, who might make a push, I think he's a guy, you know, if he can get a consistent run, a wins together could be a big, big threat for anyone. And like, who wants to? Who's who's going to want to fight that guy? I, I think he's one of those guys that people are going to look at, and go, "Oh shit, fuck no, Sean, I'm okay. I don't want that fight. I don't want to take it. Offer to someone else." I'm about to do me hammy. No, honestly, I, I I do. I think he's one of these guys. And you know, that was that was flying under the radar all week for me. Yeah, uh, there was a number of people talking about it online, but it was one that was really sticking out. And he, I think he, and I surprised him with his call out as well. I think he realised that it's a process, it's a marathon. He called out Jeff Neal. I thought he would have called for a bigger name than Jeff Neal after a performance like that. But you know, maybe he understands that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Very happy with his English as well. I have to yeah, say, he's he speaks brilliant. beautiful English for um, for a second language. Uh, we better not go anywhere without praising Bryce Mitchell. Uh, Holy unreal. Jesus! Unreal, um, one of the most impressive grappling performances I can remember. Um, I've never seen someone uh, move into submissions as well against a black belt, like a, a celebrated black belt than Charles Rosa. Like I mean, he had him in arm triangles. How many twister attempts in one fight? Yeah, I mean, unreal. absolutely unbelievable. I can't wait to see more of this guy. Unbeaten as well. Huge future. You, listen, you got to give it to Charles Rosa as well for not. You know, he stuck in there, hung in oh, there. Oh, defense was incredible. 
unreal stuff. And uh, yeah, Bryce Mitchell, like, <laughs> he's a funny dude as well. Um, listened to him afterwards. He was disappointed he didn't break uh, <laughs> Rose's neck. He goes, that guy is tough. Mentler, absolutely mental. And he was pissed off he didn't get the twister. He, he wants to be the first ever guy to get two. Um, but man, yeah, what a talent on the ground. But uh, fair play to Rosa. Really, really impressive as well. Um, excellent heart. What a warrior. Well, there is no stoppage to the fights and the UFC in Jacksonville. So um, let's talk to one of the fighters who's on the main card uh, on Wednesday. It is Marvin Vittori, the fighting pride of Italy, who takes on Carl Robertson. You'll remember that Marvin Vittori was meant to fight Darren Stewart in London. Darren then went on to lose uh, a fight against Bartos Fabinski at Cage Warriors in Manchester. It's been quite an adventure Marvin's been on. And um, great to speak to him again. Obviously, devastating uh, the toll of coronavirus in Italy. So it's good to pick his mind about that. He seems to be clearly motivated by the struggle his nation is going through at the moment. Uh, always great to speak to Marvin. We'll be back in about 20 minutes. And once again, he is back. It is the fighting pride of Italy, Marvin Vittori. Marvin, this has been a very uh, stressful few weeks or months, I, I imagine, for you. I, I'd say you are very happy to be fighting Carl Robertson in just two days' time. Uh yeah 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 yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy yeah I was uh, I was supposed to fight um twenty first of March, flew to London then uh, the fight um was like uh, looked like it wasn't happening, and in fact the UFC itself didn't happen then so I flew back then comes out um Darren Stewart that was supposed to be my opponent actually fought the that uh, on that that weekend um in the Cage Warrior yes. And that was pretty disappointing. And then uh, came back, uh, um, kept training and stuff. And then uh, I got scheduled for like um, the 25th of April. That didn't happen also. And then it was pretty crazy because you had to, we had to prepare with a lot of uncertainty all the time, you know. Yes. know because obviously like this one also was uh, was. Uh, like, I mean, it looked like it was sure, but you never know since so many times it actually didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I did a good job, man. I'm happy. I'm ready. And uh, here we are just two days out. Uh, tomorrow's going to be Wayne's. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm super happy to to be able to fight and smash another guy and keep going with my winning streak. Yes, indeed. Uh, you, you mentioned it there about Darren Stewart. Did, was there ever a possibility that you could have fought him on Cage Warriors or was that ever offered to you? Well, the thing is, like, uh, it all happened in a way that uh, it was impossible for me to to make it because uh, the moment it, uh, uh, they put up this travel ban, everybody kind of freaked out. They're like, oh, man, we got to leave. Otherwise, we don't know how we're going to get back to U.S., and uh, I'm like, well, chill. I mean, let's see. But then everybody kind of freaked out. And I was like, if anything, they're going to try to move the UFC to US. And um, so we're like, all right, well, I mean, my only chance to fight is actually to go back to US anyway. And so I'm like, all right, I'll go. Then uh, then we went. I actually asked because I knew I knew part of it was obviously bringing the main event there. I'm like, is is they're flying out Leon Edwards over there too. And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, he's actually on a fly right now, which wasn't. Uh, and about Darren also, like, so they're flying him out too. And they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're looking for it. And So I, I, went, on, I went on the flight thinking that if anything, 
would have happened. It would have been. It would have been happening in the U.S. and not in. Uh, I would have never thought that it never happened in history that and then the UFC moved a couple of fights in cage wars. So you could never have, have thought that 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 could have happened. So I didn't know until then. I came back and they're like, maybe they're actually moving a couple of fights to cage wars. So it was never an option for me. Obviously, if they would have told me like, oh. Uh, maybe it's actually happening. You want to stay in, in London and fight a kid? I would have said yes for sure, but um, that was never an option until I was there. You know, it, it's crazy to me, Marvin. I'm, I'm looking at the situation. Um, you know, you have had two fights cancelled. On top of that, there is a huge crisis in Italy, as we know. It was one of the hardest hit countries um, in all of Europe by coronavirus. Has this made this one of the most stressful camps of your career? Definitely, man. Definitely. And a lot of uh, some other stuff that I don't want to mention happened. But, you know, like, it, it been, I learned, I learned how to, how to turn, um, how to turn adversities into, into, into strength. I did it before, you know, like, if you look from a, from a point of view in my career, I had a lot of unlucky situation, but, you know, it's all about how you react to them more than, them happening because they will happen. Life is long and life will will, will, will bring you challenges. That that's a fact. So it's all how you react to them and um, I learned. So I I'm I'm super motivated and when they lock that cage man there there'd be nothing that can save that guy honestly. Like um my my mindset is bulletproof and um my, my, my physique is bulletproof and there's nothing my my, te- my, my technique is ready and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just ready to go, man. I'm really, I'm really, am ready to go. I I saw that you spoke to my colleague Damon Martin, um, that you wanted to send a message of resilience to the Italian people. Um, how have you heard messages from back home about how much this means to them to see you fighting on Wednesday? Yeah, no, that's uh, that that that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's very true what what I said there. It's um. I do want to send them a, a message of of of, uh, of resilience and uh, that you know giving up is never an option, and we shouldn't really even never even think about it. Or if we think, we just have to switch that thought on something else and find another way. You know, like uh, there is multiple ways to how to find uh, new, way, new new ways to to keep going, and we just have to uh, not give up uh, trying to find and finding them. So. Uh, that's it, man. Like, I mean, like medias can be very weird sometimes, and and but in Italy, like nowhere else in the world, businesses and and and, and the, the whole state has been shut down for basically sixty days, where like ninety five percent of the business were completely closed and people couldn't leave their house. Like something that it's like it's 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 close to 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 be a, a dictatorship, uh, kind of like a um. Uh, point of like dealing like kind of like a way of dealing uh with things and uh people are hurt like people are very hurt like no not even that much from the coronavirus right now but like from from the consequences of 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 how it's been um being locked away how they how they dealt with it yeah so um, it's, it's definitely it's definitely important to send a message and just uh uh to you know to kind of show them that no matter what happens we're not going to give up so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it and i know i will bring all that energy on top of my shoulders uh wednesday when i fight it it sounds like you have been motivated by the nation's struggle yeah i mean 
honestly, like all the struggles, man, I learned how to not not give up to them. Like not 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 just like uh, you know, like there 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 must be ownership. Like even it's not about oh it's my fault or it's somebody else's fault. Like that most of the time in life don't 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 matter. Like it doesn't. Like nobody gives a fuck whose fault is like that thing happened you have to deal with it and um that's it man like we we, we could i mean we would have the right we, we could have the right to give the to 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 blame a lot of people for a lot of things that happens but at the end of the day if if ourselves don't if, if we don't pick ourselves out from 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 the mud nobody will so mm. we have to do it man and um and there is always a way so um, that's it. I mean, that this is fuel. This is fuel to adversity or fuel for my, for my will, you know, to, for my will to succeed. So, um, I'm, 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 I'm fueled up by, by adversity. So <laughs> I, I have, I have a lot of energy for this fight and, and I know how to channel it in, 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 uh, in, in, in good one. You know, it's, um, it's it's obviously it's a huge uh, made huge headlines on Friday when Jacaray tested positive. Did you fear that? Like, I mean, were you like, oh no, this better not be cancelled again when you when you saw this report? I was, I was. I, I have to be honest. That was my last. That was my last thing. I was like, fuck, man. If that's <laughs> if that happens, that be that that's bad, you know. So. Um... I was a little bit. I was a little because you can never. You, you can't. You you don't know. It's it's really like. You don't have, like probably want, but there is always a possibility. So, mm. so there was a little bit, yes. So you must be very happy that the UFC are pressing ahead with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I have, like touch food, but like I, I the antibody test came out negative, and it's all negative. But the the other one still has to come. So I'm like, you know, like we don't want to be like negative and everything, but like. It's still there. There is still a super little chance, but it's, it's like they see like the other, the other, like the the the, the one that uh, the antibody came out negative, but the other one, the nasal test is still is still out there. So we will have it in a couple of hours, I think. But it's fine. I think I, I'm pretty sure like it's gonna be good. But um, yeah, no, I'm happy they're doing all this to to prevent the the spreading and stuff. Do Do you feel safe? You're happy with the decision you've made to go there and everything. You're You're happy with the the level of safety with the UFC. Man, I, I if anything, it's for others. It's, uh, I've never been scared of this thing, and I mean, I this is a little thing that just adds up to 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 all the rest. Like it's mm. it's not a thing that would stop me from anything. But like, obviously, you have to be uh, you have to you can't just be selfish and just do whatever the hell you want without thinking about the the the, the population that could be hurt by this. You know, so. Um, for me, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's definitely great that they did. They took all these uh, precautions and stuff. But for my own health, I'm I don't really, I wasn't really scared. Good, good, and I and it's good news that you've got the the one test has has uh, come through already, and, and fingers crossed everything will be good with the nasal check as well. Um, I, yeah. I I wanted to ask you, Marvin, and and you, it's not just you. This was a lot of fighters. Um, when the events were cancelled in April and in in March, there was some kind of blowback on the media, the MMA media. People felt as though they had maybe taken their criticism too far. Do you still feel that way? Oh, I, 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 I did write something about it. 
It's just... Um, I, I understand, though, because, I mean, you guys are trying to make money, right? Like, I understand it's a lot more personal to you yeah, than it is but, other people, right? Yeah, but and there's a thing, like, you know, like, you know the UFC is not going to really listen to it. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it is going to happen. So if anything, uh, by doing that, you're go- just going to hurt the fighters that might... And again, I, I wasn't that stupid to think that the media can really control everything but they, they they do play a big role to these things all, all the time they do play a big role so i was like man if like because i because i could see like a week out they were started bombing this this the events and the ufc uh, they 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 would be quiet the whole time like kind of quiet and then the, the week a week out they started bombing and i'm like man you're like you're letting kind of like you're letting the fighters getting ready until they're almost good to go and then the last week, you're trying to talk shit about it and then maybe kind of like trying to kind of uh, um, stop the event to happen, you know? Yes, and, and you guys have so to make like, money, right? Like, if I anything, mean... you're going to hurt the fighters because you're going to let them get ready until then, going through all the uh, all the problems that they, a fighter has to, to get ready for. And, 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 then, um, and then maybe kind of like this thing doesn't happen, like the event doesn't happen anymore, so... The one that the one who got hurt the most is actually the fighters. So I was like, you know, if you're trying to help the fighters, that's definitely not the case. Yes, I understand. I just wanted to make sure I asked you about that. But um, you have a new op- opponent, as we mentioned, in in Carl Robertson. Um, I I think this this is a really good opponent. Um, do you think this is an even better opponent than Darren Stewart? Maybe. I think he's a little. I think he's a little bit uh, better than him. Yeah, but. It, it doesn't make much difference, honestly. But I think he's a little bit stronger. He actually beat him, I think. He actually, this guy beat Darren Stewart. Mm. So, um, yeah, but I mean, you know, new, new opponent, new challenge. I'm I'm looking to be number one. And he's just another challenge. That's it. Um, Is there a uh, big difference in the in the styles you had to prepare for? Uh, I mean, he does. He, he's a little bit different in the way they box, but like uh, obviously, Salpo Darren was orthodox. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, overall, not really. I mean, actually, Darren maybe might might have been a little bit more powerful, maybe a little bit slower. Uh, it's overall, it's uh, the both striker though. I mean, overall, they're could be similar, but. I, Obviously, I, I changed a lot because like one guy stopped, the other guy Darren was was orthodox. But um, overall, in the game plan, didn't change much. And um, I, it's, I, I'm ready, man. When I'm ready, it doesn't matter who I have in front of me. Like uh, I'll, I, I really focus on myself. I, I'm ahead of these guys because like they're gonna think, oh, what he's gonna do because I'm 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 I'm, I'm prepared and I'm. Better than them everywhere. So they'll be like, oh, fuck, what if he takes me down? Oh, fuck, what if he punches me? Oh, fuck, what if he, like, grinds me out? Uh, and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do all that to you. So you better be prepared for all of it. But guess what? If you prepare for everything, you're not ready for anything. So um, and they're a step behind trying to figure out what I'm going to do to them. And uh, I'm just working on myself. 
you had that um, amazing fight with uh, Israel Adesanya two years ago, and sometimes I see you talk about this online, and people in the comments are acting like you didn't give him a, an amazing fight. It's an incredibly close fight. Some people even scored the fight for you. Are you hoping when you get out there to show people that you are ready? You are ready for another go at Stoilbender. You are ready to take on the toughest challenges at middleweight. Yes, yes, yes. It's about sending put them on notice yes I, it's about giving me the respect that i deserve yes it's about all of this it's about representing my country as the people who believed in me every from day one you know and they, they 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 really want the best for me and they know what i went through for this and it's it, i owe it to myself too like i know what i've done for this for the, for this fight uh for this for this for this sport in general man like not many people did what I did. I give out everything basically for for this. And when I'm in that cage, I'll bring it all with me. And I, I definitely deserve to be up there. There's and I, and I'm and I truly believe that 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 I will beat him again when when I, when I see him when I see him in that cage again. I've, I'm sure he's improved, but I'm 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 a different guy too. So um, people seem to forget very quickly, Marvin, in this sport, don't they? I mean, it, it, oh, this is a very clear, clearly close fight you had with him, right? Yeah, but uh, like, listen, they nobody talked about that fight. That's that's the that's the funny thing. Nobody ta- ever talked about this fight. You'll you'll see no highlights. You'll see no, nobody ever talked about that fight because because it didn't look good, and they want him to look good all the way through. But now that I'm, I, I had to make. I will have to make a good name out of myself before they start to talk about it. But they wouldn't give me credit before, even though the, the credit is there. I was 15 minutes with him and, 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 and faced him for 15 minutes and 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 did and 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 uh, put up that fight with him. So they they should be talking about it, but they don't. Uh, you know, he's the he's the A side um, and. But we'll, we'll, it, it will switch, you know. But like I said, I, ha- I will have to make a name up for myself, and I will, and I will. I'm, I'm, I'm completely willing to, and um, I'm really confident. I'm really confident. Every time I train, every time I put in work, every time I go spar with somebody, my my confidence keep going up, going up, going up. And it's not just about physical skills; it's about mental skills. I have mental skills that a lot of people don't possess, and um, this is going to be the big difference. Marvin, thank you so much for joining us again. An absolute pleasure to speak to you. And um, all the best to your family in Italy. And um, I hope you stay safe. And I hope that second test comes true so we can see you back in action again, my friend. Thank you very much, man. Thank you very much, Peter. All the best. And uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Marvin Vittori. Big fight uh, against Carl Robertson on the main card of UFC Jacksonville this Wednesday. Um. Probably not the star-studded affair that uh, UFC 249 was. Um, Anthony Smithy, Glover to share in the main event, not quite getting the same traction as Justin Gaethje v. Tony Ferguson, believe it or not. Nah, it, listen, um, it's one of those fights. It's it's a gatekeeper fight, in my opinion. Um, you know, They've both obviously had John Jones in the past. It, it's a good fight. It's a big night for the UFC. First fight under the current climate around the world. On cable television, it's not pay-per-view, it's obviously going to be on ESPN and uh, live, obviously, on, on uh, UFC Fight Pass as well, I think, here in this side of the pond. So, 
Um, it, it's a big night in terms of that to see how much numbers they draw in, and it's going to be a good indication, I presume, of um, how many people are going to be tuning into live sport that's that's you know on cable TV or, or free to air. So that's the main interest for this card for me. But in terms of the fight, it's an interesting one, and probably the way things are going at the moment for Anthony Smith, I'd have to give him the nod. But uh, yeah, it, it's you know. It, a lot of he- a couple of heavyweight fights in the card. There's some some good up and t- coming talents. It's it's it, it's decent. It, it's a, it's it's a good card. There's a couple of fights there. I think flying under the radar as well. Same Pru obviously going to heavyweight against Rotwell. Not really. Rotwell obviously got back to action with that win over Stefan Struve. Not really dying to see that one. But I'm I'm really I'm really liking Dober B Hernandez. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Do- I think Dober is so underrated, man. Yeah, Dober is ridiculously underrated. Bet- he knocked a man dead. On uh, on that Conor McGregor undercard when I was over there in Vegas, and uh, Nazrat Hakparast of all people, yeah. like a guy we had marked as a future potential champion from Europe, obviously uh, fighting out of Ger- Germany. His parents are um, from Afghanistan, as far as I know. Um, so, right. yeah, I mean that was really fucking impressive to me. Like two left crosses, I believe, one against Paulo Reyes and one against Hakparast. Now, um, I think that's a bad fight for. Uh, Alexander Hernandez based on how he fights. Yeah, man, I love it. I think Dober's a guy that's always been underrated. Uh, I think, is he married to, to Nick Hines' sister, I believe? Um, he is. Um, yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, un- unbelievable um, talent and progression the way he's came on. He's up with Justin Gaethje now with Trevor Whitman. Whitman. Um, he's trained up there. He was talking a lot about that and how, how good his wrestling has come on uh, working with Justin Gaethje. He says Justin shows off a lot more of his wrestling and training and stuff like that. But, you know, you have Alex Hernandez, um, you know, cut that loss to Cerrone, then impressively went out and got a decision victory over the fucking nightmare that is Fran- Francisco Trinaldo trying to fight against, as we always say in this show, we've said for years. So for a guy who's relatively young and Alex Hernandez to come out and, and, and bounce back um, after that loss to Cerrone, uh, and get a win over Trinaldo. That'll stand him as well. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a fascinating fight. It's as I said there earlier on. It's one of the fights that you're sort of flying under the radar a bit coming into this. But um, yeah, I really like. And then you've Ray Borg, Ricky Simone as well, and that's a really really good fight. Uh, Ricky shaved off his his mullet as well. Remember that beautiful mullet rat's tail? That's gone, Petey. For oh, fuck's beautiful. sake! So Ray Borg, uh, obviously, you know yeah, that's a big mistake. It's a big mistake making a big change like that before a very important fight. You it know is. What I mean, whoa! I think that's a great little fight as well. Um, I have to say, I'm really looking forward to uh, Martin Vittori. We're going to be speaking in a few minutes as well against Carl Robertson, Andre Arlovsky. I think we'll just push that to the side a little bit. <laughs> you know how I feel about watching him these days. Uh, but the one I, I think sort of sticks out for me as well is is is, is Michael Johnson against Tiago Moyes. Uh, I think it's a really really good fight. I'm um, looking forward to that. Two two guys who who always bring. I love watching Michael Johnson fight. Um, and then further down the card, there is there's uh, Chase Sherman is returning. I think he's the first guy that must be signed back from BKB, is he? I'm not not 100% sure. He was obviously yeah, with BK, BKB for a while, um, and he's back in the UFC. Yeah. And then we've Sajira Eubanks against Sarah Marais. Um, Anton L sticks out for you there. Brian Kelleher, obviously, as well. Your, your crystal buddy. Um, you know, I like watching Brian fight. <laughs> he's hunt, fighting Hunter Azore, so that's, that's a good scrap as well, a big test for him. Yeah, well, you're going to hear Brian speak about it now in a few minutes. The Hunter Azore fight is is his ideal kind of fight. He loves fighting these unbeaten guys with a lot of hype. Um, we saw back in January that he can capitalize on that. He's he's calling himself the Contender Series Hunter now. He's after that fight 
with Sean O'Malley. And if he keeps dispatching these guys who are undefeated, who have a lot of hype from these contender series things, I mean, the storyline writes itself, as, as he explains later. Um, I, I just want to say about Marvin as well. I know we just had him on. I think he's a very underrated fighter. I think the whole Usada business that happened happened to O'Malley yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, joke. Stopped, stopped him dead in his tracks. And then, you know... Adesanya fight. He... he he pushed out of yeah. Sanya fucking well. Better than like, anyone, fight, man. man. He really, really did. Better than anyone. Yeah. Doesn't get an, all, an awful lot of credit for that. Doesn't at all. And yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, you know, that was touch our bloody go at one point in that fight. Um, I think it was in the third round when... He, he, did he hurt? Well, Cal, Cal Robertson. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember particularly what happened. I, I, I remember being extremely close though because I was big on the Stylebender bandwagon yeah. when he came in. And it was his and most was disappointing. Like, it was sorry. It was his yeah, most yeah. disappointing performance so. at Asanya, and there was obviously a reason behind that. And the reason was Martin Vittori was so bloody good. Yeah, I do think Robertson's very good though as well. Though he's a real slick yeah. fighter, um, it's a tough challenge. But I think if he gets a win here, he's going to start getting the respect he deserves. And and with Ali Abdelaziz in his corner, it's always a good sign. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> that, you, you, uh, you, uh, he will Ali, make his way up those rankings. You Ali, you can get a title shot if you're fifteenth ranked. <laughs> if you really want, to. I'm taking the I'm taking the piss. But but obviously, yeah, I know I know what you mean. But, uh, yeah, so let, let's go on to our interview with Brian Keller. We have to come back and talk about Saturday's card still. Um, We're sick of it. Lot, it's it's, only, ba- it's only back two days and we want, we want rid of it again. Fucking hell, two cards in a, three cards in a week, lads. Jesus. <laughs> I know, I know, man. I do like Saturday's card, though. But here, hey, let's talk to, to Brian Keller. He's our Irish man on Wednesday's card. We need to get behind this dude. Uh, so let's talk to Brian. Uh, I've asked him about Kelvin Gastelum's second doping violation for marijuana. He has a few thoughts on that. He talked about the waiver also that the fighters had to sign. Um, a lot going on for Brian. Always a pleasure to speak to him. One of the good guys in this sport. We'll be back in about 20 minutes. Debut on the Eurobash. It is none other than Brian Boom Keller, one of the Crystal Crew, one of my good homies from this game. And, and sometimes co-host of the wonderful A-Side with Jose Youngs. Um, Brian, how are you first of all, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I got my tiger's eye hanging from my neck right now. and never felt better. That's beautiful news. That is beautiful news, my friend. Um, what what a weird situation we're in here, right? I mean, is this the most unique experience you've had as a UFC fighter? Is that putting it lightly? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely different, but I kind of like it. It's like real quiet. You know, there's not much uh, interviews. There's not much distraction going on over here. Um, uh, you know, the nose swab was a little bit weird. It wasn't as bad as I thought, though, I'll be honest. Uh, but yeah, we just got to take safety precautions. And then, you know, I'm just trying to focus on the fight, though. Is it? Yeah, I'd say that is the hardest thing to do, right? With everything so weird. I mean, nothing is as you probably have visualized everything going to be at a UFC event. I mean, is it hard to stay kind of focused on the task at hand with all this stuff going on? Um, for me, not so much, you know, I think I kind of tuned everything out, you know, as soon as I heard I had a fight, I know, you know, I got to buckle down and get into like that mental space that I need to focus. So for me, I, I tuned everything out as soon as that happened. And so far, so good. Um, I think, you know, the main thing is like no crowd at the arena. And when we show up at the arena, it's like go time. Like you literally get there, they wrap your hands up, the referee comes in, you warm up and you go fight. Like everything's kind of like rushed. So that might feel a little different. I won't be able to tell you till after the fight, but uh, I anticipate it being a little bit different. 
did you, did you have any reservations? I guess so of of going out here. We're hearing like you know the likes of Ryan Hall saying, "Oh, I I don't want to do this on, until everything is calmed down." Did you have any reservations personally about heading out to Jacksonville? No, not really. I you know for me, I I always want to stay active, and you know coming off a big win, I want to roll off with some momentum. So I was you know eager to fight. I just knew it was hard to get every single training session that I needed in these times, you know, with the gyms closed and everything. So I wasn't going to be able to make 135, but fortunately I got an offer to fight at featherweight against another Bantamweight, which you don't hear a lot of times. So I'm thankful the UFC made that happen, gave us both an opportunity to make some money and and keep working, you know, while these, uh, this crisis is going on. So I'm happy with the overall situation. I'm just trying to stay cautious. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess I was speaking to Marvin Vittori, who was fighting on the same card earlier, and he said when, when the news broke on Friday about Jackery, he was worried that everything was going to be called. Did you get that feeling as well after preparing for a fight and, and being ready to go, and then and then suddenly that news comes in? Were you uh, fearing the worst? Yeah, I was a little bit uh, on edge after I heard that. I was like, man, I hope uh, you know this doesn't have a trickle-down effect, and I hope uh, it, you know it, it keeps things under wraps and they're able to still proceed with the show. Uh, I just knew, like, you got to be safe. You got to be, you know, cautious, but also, uh, you know, hope for the best. You know, I, I know with the January 18th card falling through, I know anything's possible last minute, you know, things can <laughs> yeah. fall apart. So I was, I'm mentally prepared for everything. You know, I'm, 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 I'm focused. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to fight in my head, but I'm also like, Hey, whatever happens, happens. Does it give you that extra level of comfort? You mentioned earlier the fact that you're fighting a weight class up. You know, a, a lot of people are kind of talking about, I think we talked about it on the A-side, the fact that you guys would have such low immune systems kind of weighing in and stuff and with this virus going around. Does it kind of give you that extra bit of comfort knowing that you don't have to completely deteriorate yourself, so to speak, to, to make that weight? Oh, dude, I got tiger's eye. I, I got the vaccine. It's a, there's nothing, nothing can get to my system right now with this shit on my neck. No, uh, <laughs> even though that's completely uh, true, please continue. <laughs> yes, yes, hundred uh, percent. If you're looking for the vaccine, come to me. I have it. Uh, it's for sale. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I don't feel you know any threat really. You know, I think the UFC is doing a great job too with uh, keeping things safe as much as possible. They got all these professionals here they got everything under wraps with like distance and uh i'm not a big fan of the mask thing but you know we're trying to wear them as much as possible when we're around other people you know going through the elevator stuff like that uh so you know i i'm not too worried about it i feel like you know they're doing their best i'm just really focused on the fight and i i think everything's gonna go through it was really nice to see ufc 249 come to a conclusion because that gave me a little bit more clarity so i feel better now did that motivate you seeing that the other night? Like, I mean, it also obviously gives you the opportunity to kind of visualize the environment you're going to be in. But I mean, when you're watching that, are you like, holy shit, I'm into this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I, I get like so attached to these fights because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm about to go do the same thing. So I almost right. can feel myself doing it. And like, it was like hard to fall asleep after those fights. Like, I had a lot of adrenaline. I had a little bit of nerves. Like, oh man, I, like this is going to be me in like, you know, four or five days. So, you know, I was uh, really uh, tuned into the fights, and uh, it was definitely a different atmosphere with the uh, with Joe Rogan and Anik and DC like separate around the cage, and then you know just the eerie like quietness of the arena, and you see like Dana White's going live on Instagram like showing all these things. So it was just a different feel. But uh, I think um, you just got to kind of focus on the task at hand and almost pretend it's like going into the gym. You know, there's no people in the gym when you go spar. It's not like 
it's not like there's crazy amount of uh, people watching you and stuff. So I just pretend it's going to be like that. Yeah, no, I was speaking to uh, our, our friend Jose Youngs earlier, and he was kind of saying, you know, you, it, it kind of feels like Maymac. When he was covering Maymac, he said, you know, it was only a couple of weeks later that he realized he was kind of in the midst of history when he was there. But he said, this certainly feels like that, that you guys, everyone that's there on the ground in Jacksonville is part of history. And um, I guess we don't know what side of history we're going to be on yet. But um, does that is that what it feels like to you as well? Like this is a kind of a, a very unique and, and, and possibly historic moment in the in the promotion's history. Yeah, I, I didn't really think of it like that, but now that you say it, yeah, it's kind of true. It's it's definitely different, you know, to be a part of this. Uh, I think as well as, you know, if the whole Fight Island thing comes to fruition, like that's another thing that's part of history that I would love to be a part of, you know, uh, the first card on there or maybe even whatever, if they have multiple cards, I'd love to participate in that. Um, but yeah, this is definitely uh, different and like unprecedented times with the UFC and how they're running things and how, uh, you know, the fighters have to go through the whole system. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting uh, change. But like I said, you know, I think psychologically it's best to kind of tune it out and just focus as if it's the same kind of thing. You're just going into a fight. You got to perform and, and fight your best. You know, um, as well, when I was talking to Jose, you would understand um the context he's speaking about a lot more. Obviously, I'm not really up on my U.S. sports that much, but he said it really was a mark to how many, how significant this was on Saturday night when he saw athletes from the NFL, NBA, all tweeting about the event. Like, what do you feel like the the UFC means in America now? Just just in terms of them being the first sport back, uh, Dana White being more visible than ever, the sport yourselves being more visible than ever. What, what does it really mean for the UFC? How is it viewed in, the, in America at the moment? Yeah, I think this is a good thing, man. I think this is bringing, you know, uh, good eyes to the sport. I think more more eyes to the sport, especially, you know, people at home, uh, you know, losing their minds, you know, the mental health aspect, wanting something to be excited for. I think this plays a big role in that. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thankful Dana and the UFC and all them, you know, put the work in to get this done with all the uh, safety precautions that they needed to make sure that it didn't look like a just an egotistical move you know just like a crazy wild uh you know long shot at trying to get an event done i think they did the right things and i think you know uh the word is getting out there to people like look the ufc is able to do this they you know they they prepared really well to keep it as safe as possible i think other sports are going to take the uh the you know the the outlook on this thing and be like we could do it too now and maybe uh, things are going to start moving into a more normal direction for for every everybody's lives and i think that's a good thing oh yeah believe me i think a, a bit of normality is what everybody wants at the moment and um, brian i wanted to just ask you about this waiver thing people are going crazy about it the media members have to sign it the fighters have to sign it, it do you feel like this is a storm in a teacup do you feel like people are getting maybe you know, being a bit more dramatic than than it is about this situation. Like, I mean, did you bat an eyelid when you were asked to sign this thing? Was it a big crisis of confidence you had before you did it, or 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 was it just you know a signature and move on with your life? No, it was more just you know, it, it's pretty much either sign this or you ain't gonna fight. You know what I mean? So for <laughs> for the for the fighters, like I don't even know if we have an option to not sign that thing. That's the problem, you know. It's like you just—it is what it is. I I understand it, you know. The UFC is trying to cover their side of things, you know. The problem with the whole situation is that you know there's no guarantees, and so 
as much as they're taking a, the safety precautions they are, like, we still got to fly home, you know, and that's mm. on us. You know, they're not going to hold our hands uh, at the airport and make sure we don't touch our face or make sure we don't, you know, uh, walk without a mask and, and someone, you know, that has it, maybe we come across, you know, so it's possible we get home from the event and, you know, we contract the virus and they just want to make sure like, hey, you're not going to come here and go through all this safety stuff and then leave and then say it's our fault. So I get it, but uh, it's one of those things you just sign it, you know, and you got to just keep moving forward. I think you're going to be particularly excited about this opponent. He's an unbeaten guy, and I know you love fighting unbeaten guys. Are you happy with this matchup? Oh, yeah, you, exactly. You said it right there. I mean, I, I've, you know, before I was ever in the UFC, that was like my, my goal. My vision was like, hey, it's now or never. Let's fight the best prospects around. And all the guys that the UFC are talking about being the next guy to get into the UFC, let's go fight that guy. So that was my mindset before I was ever even in the UFC. And so I've kind of kept that mindset. And I like to uh, be a, a guy that, you know, can challenge another guy who's never lost, never tasted defeat. And uh, it excites me to display, you know, I have a lot more experience than this guy and, I, and I'm very confident in myself. You know, I think people look at your losses or they look at your, your whole resume and they kind of write you off like, oh, that guy has a lot of losses, like he's nothing. But I mean, I'm not going to compare myself to, you know, Jorge Masvidal or like Nate Diaz, but, you know, those are guys that have been through the ups and downs in the sport and look where they got, you know, so you can never count someone like me out. I feel like I have that ability to uh, bounce back no matter what happens. And uh, I still have the same confidence, you know, coming off that last win that I had, you know, first getting into the UFC. Uh, the goal is to be the best. And uh, that's that's where I'm striving for. And that's where I'm heading for this year. You know, we had Sean O'Malley on the show. You know how much I like that fight with you and him. I've told you in person. I, I think it's great. And for it to happen in Dublin... With you two guys with such close ties to Ireland with those second names, every single Irish person sees those second names and goes, hang on a second, he's one of us. I mean, I, I thought that was a brilliant fight for Dublin. I know Sean wasn't too intrigued by it, but I mean, do you feel if you put a marker down here against Azura, you could go on uh, and maybe, you know, you know, voice your uh, interest in that fight again and maybe it won't fall on deaf ears? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think this fight, I think also I'm building a storyline here, you know, uh, defending Ode Osborne, contender series guy. Uh, now Hunter is your, you know, another contender series guy. Uh, at, you know, I, I can, uh, you know, definitely voice uh, something after this and set myself up for a big fight. I think, you know, if I put on a, a really good performance here and then and then uh, say some things, you know, they're definitely going to hear me in the quiet arena. So uh, <laughs> I, I plan on doing that and calling my shots. I understand how the sport works. I'm not like the biggest guy into, you know, trash talk, but I, I, I'm, you know, this is my personality. I really never jump outside of who I am. I like to have fun with it. So uh, I'm definitely going to um, ask for what I want. You know, that's how things work. So I'll do that. And I think uh, I have a good chance at, at uh you know, getting myself closer to that fight, just as much as he doesn't really like to acknowledge me or say anything, I think the UFC will will show more acknowledgement with a big win here. You are the contender series hunter. Is that what you're telling me? I'm the fucking hunter. It's hunting season, baby. <laughs> I love it. And come here, you gotta you gotta tell me, is it okay if we support you as Irish people, you know, and call you Irish and stuff? Because we don't got a lot of guys in there at the moment. We got Connor, we have Joe Duffy, who who has no fight booked at the moment. Connor's always, you know, in the middle of negotiating, I'd say. But we need a guy to get behind. Is it okay if the Irish people jump on the Brian Keller bandwagon? Of course you could jump on the Brian <laughs> Keller bandwagon. You're fucking kidding me, right? 
<laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> no, but I mean, would, yeah, would, would, would that have meant something that meant a lot to you to come come to Dublin and fight that time? I, I know it was something you were buzzing about. It doesn't seem like that event's going to happen. Although we have no official confirmation, we're having no gatherings in Ireland over 5,000 people until September. So, I mean, that, that seems to be off the cards. But is that something you'd like to do in the future? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think the Irish fans are so fun, and I think uh, they got a lot of passion, you know. And uh, I would love to experience that. I've never been over to Ireland, so I definitely was looking forward to that as a potential uh, uh, potential fight in August. But, yeah, like you said, I don't think with the crowds, it might be a lot longer till we get to that point. But um, definitely in the future, I got to get one in in Ireland for sure. I have one more thing to ask you about, Brian, and um, I don't want to be making you too emotional at this stage in the, in the fight camp, but i got to ask you about Calvin Gastelum. He's just got his second uh, doping violation for uh, marijuana. What do you think of this? And as a fighter, is it ridiculous that USADA are testing for this? Yeah, you know, the way that people get caught, it's very unfortunate because, you know, it's like, you know... You, I, you know, I can, I can drink alcohol, you know, last night and whatever, and it's out of your system, you know, the next day. It's not like you're drunk the next day or whatever. Same thing with marijuana. is like I could have smoked, you know, two weeks ago for whatever recovery or sleep or whatever you use it for. And then, you know, it's out of your system. It has zero performance enhancement any time moving forward, you know, and then you still get punished for it as a fighter. I, I don't agree with that, you know. I think, you know, PEDs is, of course, you know, the performance enhancers that you need to look for. But, uh, you know, with the marijuana, I think they're just not up with the times. You know, I think uh, they got CBD legal and that's part of the plant. And I know it doesn't get you, you know, high or whatever, but like, you know, everyone knows the way the plant works and the way it happens. You know, you, you, you feel something for an hour or whatever, how, however amount of time, and then it's over. Like there's no... Uh, performance enhancement moving forward so i don't really agree agree with the rules with how they uh, punish people but uh you know they have it at a threshold i believe that is pretty high and but in some um some commissions don't have it as high like texas i believe new york it's a little bit lower so if you had smoked and and you have a little bit more fat on your body it attaches to the fat cells and you can fail the test when meanwhile you know, it's not even active in your system at that moment. So it's unfortunate for Kelvin. Yeah, it feels like to me that like the CBD properties would be the PED in it. You know what I mean? Like as in they're the thing yeah. you're gaining things from. And if that's legal, yeah. I don't understand what the THC part is illegal, you know? Yeah, right. Like the CBD is, you know, giving you those recovery benefits, the anti-inflammation, the sleep, you know, uh, properties that it can have, uh, you know, stress relieving. Like, well, I mean, it's it's a natural thing and it's way better than taking any kind of pills with side effects and stuff like that. But like you said, like those are some kind of enhancements and, you know, they have nothing to say about that side of things. Are we expecting you hands behind the back Jorge Masvidal style at the start of this fight? Is that a new staple of your game? I was thinking about that actually. It might be. I, I have like I have a feeling that that kind of throws people off a little bit. You know, just doing that little uh, that little enactment is kind of like, well, all right, what's this guy doing? I know what that is. I've seen that before. Is he going to come running at me? It kind of gets your opponent thinking a little bit. So that's a that's what's behind that. You you think you can put this guy away? Are we expecting another uh, quick finish on this night, or is that too hard to predict at this stage? No, I mean, that's my vision. My vision is always, you know, get, uh, finishing the fight. So 
Uh, I'm going to look for it. You know, I'm going to fight smart, but I'm going to look for the finish. Like anything that he presents, I'm going to go for it. You know, I, I really can't say until I'm in the fight how I'm going to feel. Uh, you know, I did the best that I can to prepare for this fight on the two weeks notice that I had. Um, you know, it was a crammed uh, fight camp, but I kind of like that. You know, uh, I don't have to deal with the stress of the the hard weight cut, which really helps me. I feel strong. Uh, today is, you know, essentially weight cut day, and I kind of feel pretty regular. I feel like, all right, I, I don't feel like I usually feel where I'm kind of drained and sucked out and dehydrated. So uh, maybe those uh, those things are going to benefit me come uh, Wednesday. You know, it's all read the Tigers are though, right? Let's be honest. I know. I wish I could wear this in the cage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gotta hide it somewhere. <laughs> Put it in your gum shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Brian, thanks Tiger's so much for yes, yes. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Brian. It's a real pleasure to speak to you. Um, best of luck. I hope all the tests come back negative, and uh, I hope you have a great performance. And make sure to watch your crystals around Jose Young's because he is lurking around there in Jacksonville, my friend. <laughs> All right, I'll keep an eye on him, man. If anything, I'll just I'll I'll sneeze or something. He won't come near me. <laughs> That's the spirit, my friend. I'll talk to you soon <laughs> and enjoy the fight. All right, man. Thanks. All the uh, best. Have a good one. Great to speak to Brian Keller, um, another undefeated opponent in his way here. Let's see how he gets on. Um, excited to see him back in action. Um, I don't know if I'm going to tune into that whole card live, but I'll definitely watch Brian and Marvin. Ah, you get out of here, you fucking lightweight. What do you mean you are? What else you be fucking doing? At home, bloody playing with yourself. <laughs> Get a crap. I mean, is that such a problem? Is that such a bad call in these in these desperate times? Oh, Jesus. Um, of course you'd be watching it. Fucking hell. I'm sure I'd be watching tomorrow night. What else is there to bloody do? Sick of the fights. Yeah, uh, well, that, that is true. I'd be sick. I got, yeah, I'd be sick of them by bloody Saturday. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's have a look at that Saturday fight. Um, obviously, a European god. In the main event, it is Alistair Overeem against Walt Harris, who, of course, um, very tragically lost his stepdaughter uh, late last year, I believe it was. Um, Alistair fighting for the first time coming off that Jerzinho Rosenstruck uh, loss. Um, every time we write this man off, though, he seems to come back um, in emphatic ways. Um, do you have him over Walt Harris here, or do you feel like the, the recent tragedy in Walt Harris, Harris's life probably has him more focused and motivated than ever? Yeah, that's you know that's that's obviously going to be a very tough one to to see and 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 really know. And I think we'll speak to Walt probably um, on on Wednesday or, or Thursday, I believe it is, and the, the media days on. It's going to be interesting to see where his mind's at, and I think you know it's either one way or the other. These sort of things go um, in situations like that with fighters, and it's obviously you know just unbelievable circumstances. What happened to his stepdaughter and, and tragic. Um, but yeah, I think with Alistair, this is you know in terms of a technical striker, this is the toughest test of Walt Harris's career by a long shot. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Walt does. We we saw the fight obviously against Alnick that he won, you know, very very impressively. Um, but it's been a long time, you know, it's been it's been over a year. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he bounces back and and Alistair for that, um, you know, thought because he's not getting any older. And remember that lip man against uh, Rosenstruck as well. It was hanging off his face. Both guys, there's a lot here mentally for both guys to adjust to going into this fight. And I think it's going to be very very interesting. I'm finding I'm finding it quite hard, Petey, to call. Um, a winner in this fight, and you know maybe Walt has the advantage with the wins behind him, but it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, he bounced back from that from that 
terrible tragedy that he's had in his personal life. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have Angela Hill in, in the uh, the comment event. I believe Esther and Casey were down filming with her today. Great A fight. big, big fight there with uh, Claudia Gadella. And I feel like for, for Angela, it's a good time to be fighting uh, Gadella, to be quite honest. Yeah, She's she's a been a bit more all over the place than, than she has been known to be over the last number of fights. I know she's changed her camp a, a couple of times. times, but yeah, I mean, you know, you're coming two and two uh, from a person we thought would be a, a perennial title contender there at strawweight. It, it's a good time for Angela, isn't it? Oh, definitely. She's momentum behind her momentum, as we always say, and I think everyone knows in mixed martial arts is key, and and that's the one thing. Claudia Gadelli has absolutely zero of obviously you know changing her camps. She she was down, I know with Greg Jackson at one point. Then she she was in Vegas. Uh, you know multiple changes to her New camp. Mexico as well. Um, uh, you know three cancelled fights. Um, the lost around uh, the win over Randa Marcus before that the answer of fight then losing to Andrade. It's just been such a nightmare. And Angela Hill is, you know, obviously since the time we saw her in The Ultimate Fighter, she's just got better, 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 working up an alliance with Dominic Cruz and Eric Del Fiero. The UFC let her go back to Invicta for a while. She's come out of Invicta, hugely improved and better, better fighter. She's three on the bounce now. This could be an unbelievable time for her to get her. And we see the way Claudia likes to stand on her feet as well. Angela's a fantastic kickboxer. She's really seems to be able to put things together now. I think we could have an upset in the cards here. And if you're a betting person, which I am on the fights, um, that is uh, probably a sleeper and an underdog that you, you might be worth a punt on. Edson Barbosa moves the featherweight against Dan Ige. Certainly not an easy fight by any stretch of the imagination. Ige completely blew us out of the water with his yeah, last savage. performance against Mirsad Bektic. Um Unbelievable hands. Um, I really like this fight, man. I think Barbosa, featherweight, we were speaking to Jose Shorty Torres about this recently. He said he looks unbelievable at featherweight. He's very lean. He is incredibly fast in training. Like when a flyweight is complimenting a lightweight moving to featherweight mm. on the speed, it's it's a pretty exceptional thing. Um, but I don't know. Who, who do you favor here? I mean, it, when Barbosa shows up, he looks like a world beater. When he doesn't show up, he really doesn't show up. And um, <sighs> it's going to be, you know, I'm finding this hard one to call. It's going to be interesting. I think the weight cut as well is, is you know, it's something to it's to probably look out for in terms of Edson Barbosa. He's, you know, he's a big enough, he's a big enough lightweight at the best of times. Um, Dan Iga, really impressive, as you said there. It, it is a tough one. I think a lot's going to depend on where Edson's head's at as well. I think it's there's a lot of fighters like that in here where there's a lot of sort of, demons may be going on in their head in terms of where they are in their career or their personal life there seems to be a lot of chopping and changing with these guys he was obviously with mark henry for a while he's back down in florida now at the black zillions this guy's like this so yeah dan i get coming off that win i gotta go with momentum here again i don't like edson going to 145 i think he's gonna have problems this week potentially making weight um and i think that could be a big big um hindrance in his performance on Saturday but you know we some other cracking fights in the card as well Pete we've you know Poland's Christoph Jocko's two wins Woo! I believe on the base against your boy Eric Anders seems to fight on every single bloody card that's known to man boy. Um, these days it's he, your favourite name isn't it oh, your boy your boy, boy. worst nickname fucking ever mate get rid of it it's brutal Um, <laughs> but he's coming off two, stri- two, two straight wins as well uh, most recently against Gerald Murchard it's a good scrap um, Jotko obviously with the momentum as we said as well two straight wins something's got to give I do like um, 
your boy in this fight. I think um, he might have a little bit too much for Jocko. Then we, you know, we looked down further down the car, Pete, to be your dong song. From your boy. To your dong. Can we use this segue, please? Yeah. From your boy to your dong. Your dong. How are you feeling about that featherweight fight Jesus. with Marlon Vera? I fucking love that scrap against Marlon Vera, man. Love watching Marlon Vera and obviously song your dong, uh, what we've seen from him. Um, has been absolutely phenomenal. Nothing short of, you know, one guy I think we're going to have to seriously keep our eyes on in the next two years and that stacked bantamweight division. Looking forward to this, man. I think this is going to be fighting the night. Serious potential for uh, for those honours, most definitely. And I know you're excited I, about it as well. Yeah, man. I, I fucking think uh, Song Yudong is unbelievable and I think Marlon Vera has been unbelievable yes. lately. Nice to see that one taking uh, place at featherweight as well. I'm all for that in light of this Def- pandemic. I don't 100%. want to see anyone in country. Brian Keller also competing at featherweight against Azure, usually uh, fights at bantamweight. But um, uh, Matt Brown as well on yeah, this undercard, a man right. who rarely fails to deliver um, in fights. That's a, that's a that's a nice little fight there against an unbeaten opponent. Uh, is that Miguel's first fight in the UFC? Because if it is, what a fucking baptism of fire! No, We're going to give you one of the most violent men who's ever lived. It's a second fight uh, in the promotion, um, so. We oh, saw we him against Aldana. Ha- okay, Aldana, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, like from what I remember of him, I haven't seen an awful lot of him. I'm not going to lie. Um, he was in a contender series as well, if I'm not mistaken. I was, I was pretty impressed with him. Matt Brown, um, who basically announced his retirement about three fights back, but didn't stick to it for more than I think two months. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting Shocker. to see what Matt's going to throw down here. You know, in my opinion, one of the all-time greats in terms of how impressive and exciting some of his fights were as we well know in, in that welterweight division you know two uh straight wins since that potential retirement against uh, i think a Cerrone it was uh, against diego sanchez and uh, coming off that win against ben saunders so yeah interesting fight uh good to see and um yeah th- it is man it's, it's a lot this card gets the blood racing a little bit more than i think tomorrow night's or when's tomorrow night's card um and yeah, I'm excited. Some of those fights are, are cracking fights. They really are. They, they're flying on. Elkins, Elkins, yeah, Elkins buried on the undercard there. Second fight in. Uh, Maro Romero Barella from Italy could if she doesn't do something with Corny Casey. It seems incredibly, incredibly stern and uh, disciplined to cut someone if they're going to fight under these circumstances. But when you start hitting that kind of three losses on a bounce and you haven't been. Yeah to the high watermarks that the likes of Donald Cerrone has reached. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the writing's on the wall as far as I'm concerned. And then we have uh, Giga Chikadze fighting Mike Davis as well. From a European point of view, that's a very interesting fight, of course. Giga with Kings MMA. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good card. There is a few very decent fights uh, spotted around the place. But uh, I, I don't think Wednesday's card and Saturday's card could combine to uh, to generate the kind of interest that... Uh, initial card in Jacksonville yeah. with Gaethje and Ferguson oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. made. Yeah, yeah. listen, uh, yeah, not close, but um, as we've said, such little live action on it's it's essential for the UFC, I think. It's always been their plan. It was their target to get back before anyone to get the ball rolling again in terms of fights, and it's going to be very interesting. I'm sure they'll pick up a lot of traction this week with these two fight cards being on. Yes, yes. Well, let's go to uh, our final interview of the day. It's one of the great talents in European MMA, one of the most talked about fighters outside of the UFC, which we'll hear about in a second. It is Mr. Robocop, the KSW welterweight champion, Roberto Saldic, the fighting pride of Croatia. He returns. Let's have a chat with Roberto and we'll be back in about 15 minutes. 
you have asked for him and he has returned it is the ksw welterweight champion and one of the most talked about prospects in world mma roberto saldich roberto thank you so much for joining us again my friend how are you hello hello thank you i'm fine and you <laughs> good well i wish i could go outside a little bit more <laughs> but other than yeah. that i'm okay how how is are you in germany at the moment Yes, yes, I'm in Germany. I still train and uh, outside, you know. But uh, in Germany, uh, life is again, you know, it's it's he is is good now. Now it's be going better because uh, now today it's uh, restaurants open, cafe, you know. Wow. So we can go outside, but still, uh, still one uh, one meter, you know, space from another guy, and uh, so we we must uh, put the the mask. We have to wear masks if we go in the uh, in the supermarket, you know, right. hotel. Yeah. Or, but what 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 we can do, you know, it's a world world pandemic, you know. It's not only in Europe, you know. It's everywhere like this. Yes, yes, and so, I heard yeah. um, I heard in Germany they were getting ready to put sports back on. They were going to put on the football Bundesliga. Is that correct? Yes, yes, correct. Uh, I think sixty May. 16 May, it's almost yeah. And do you think around that time maybe um, gyms will be back open as well? Yes, and uh, th uh, 31 May. Right. 31 right. May, yeah. So so we can start. I think first June we we are in gym, but uh, I still train. You know, I have some uh, some gym in my home, so I'm in shape. Not not so good shape for the fight, but I'm in shapes. I hit the pads, you know. I go wrestling, uh, strength condition. I do so all all the time. I'm busy with uh, with training. So, are you still I a welterweight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but now, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, one ninety five pounds. Oh, that's good. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. I eat a lot you know. <laughs> because of uh, people. No, nobody wants to to join. Uh, the coffee, you know, it's uh, people got afraid. Right. The first, yeah, first three weeks, like, you know, they they was uh, afraid of uh, this uh, corona. But now it's now it's better, going better. That's good. H how sad were you when uh, you couldn't fight Marius Aramskis on May? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, March twenty first, when you found out. I think the event was cancelled maybe ten days before it was meant to happen. Was this a, yeah. a big blow for you? Oh man, that was fuck. Yeah. Uh, I had I had uh, twelve weeks of preparation. I was so ready. Six weeks in Canada with uh, Coach Firas, and then uh, here like six week with uh, Coach Hippolai and uh, my box coach Shukru. So I was so ready, so prepared, good good weight. Uh, everything was on the perfect, and then they call me and just say it's cancelled. You know. They offer me something in uh, without public, you know, so in some some studio, but uh, I, I, it not happened, you know. It's so now, now it's. I, I was a little bit sad, you know. I was disappointed, but also on the of of the new contract I had, you know. So everything was on the perfect, you know. I never I never dream that can happen in that time. When I when I need to sign new contract, uh, good opponent, everything was on the on the perfect, you know. Yes. And then this uh, 
you signed a new contract. Um, how many more fights with KSW? I have, I have still four, right. so I wait. I wait. Uh, what what uh, what is planned for me now? So we'll see. You know. So I'm still in KSW. I'm good with KSW. But uh, this, I don't know how to. I was so sad. I was so ready for the fight for title defense, and now pandemic. It's yes. I hope. I hope uh, September, maybe or August, September. You know, for for the fight again. Is this what KSW are telling you? That's when they could realistically have a, mm. a fight card in in August, September, and and would no. that be behind closed doors? No, no, but I, I think behind closed doors, that that hundred percent will be because uh, I think no one want to big put a big event, you know, of many people. So I think it's without public, but I don't have any information. I hoped, you know, September, October. I don't know. I hope. I hope. Uh, one one fight in this year because I'm 25, so <laughs> I want to fight. You know. Yes. I'm really a little bit sad because of this. You know, it's not good for me. I wanted to ask you. Um, I know you have fought above welterweight before, and before all of this craziness happened, a lot of people seem to be talking about you and Scott Askham. Maybe you going up to middleweight to challenge for his title. Do you do you think you will ever do that? Um, while you're with KSW, maybe challenge for another title as well because. It feels as though you've nearly cleaned out the welterweight division. Yeah, we, we, I spoke to, to my manager, so I I have also when I want to eat, I, I can gain a lot of weight, you know. So it's a I don't know, it's it's good question now, you know. I, I don't I I need to put myself what I want, you know. In that time, I was ready for everything. For good challenges now is a little bit. Uh, this put me back like for one one year, you know. So I I need to prepare a lot so again to gain again uh, a confidence, you know. So so we'll see. Uh, but uh, in future for sure, you know, I, I'm a little bit bigger now. For for middleweight, I think is good, but. Uh, I will see when I start training, you know, when I lose weight. So I'm like. 187 188 so still still small for middleweight you know yes yes and, and yeah. scott scott is very big as well yeah right? <laughs> very big yeah yeah he have a long reach too also Saul Paul is champion he beat everybody in KSW also materla you know uh, mamed two times materla mamed so it's a good challenge for me but uh, i think he he gonna move to to narcon i think uh, he writes something on uh Yes, on he's Instagram, trying to get uh, Narcoon. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. But I think you I, v. him is one of the biggest fights KSW could make. I think people would go crazy for that fight. Yeah, I think uh, because Polish people like to, to, to super fights, you know. Yes. They, they like, oh, yeah. So do Irish but, people. Uh, we like them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see many people say, hey, go fight Scott. You know, you don't have any opponent in welterweight, but... Uh, I, I want to see, you know, what what can uh, boss offer me, you know, uh, Lewandowski, what he, what his plan is. Zaromskis is a good opponent, though, right? The guy is a legend. Would you would you want to fight uh, Marius still? Yeah, yeah, but I think I think maybe KSW don't bring him again. 
maybe you know because uh, they want to put me other guy Polish guy I don't know name but uh, I see many Polish guys they they call me out so you know I never I never choose opponent I go always to fight so I need the uh, I need the uh, I need something from this opponent, you know. I need some ranking, some name, you know. Zaromskis was good, you know. He was in a strike force. He was in a, I think Bellator. Yeah, Bellator Pride, Pride the welterweight champion. So, so he was he was big name legend, you know. He fought yes. with Nick Diaz, with uh, Nordin Taleb, many many guys. You know, Sakuraba. He beat Sakuraba too. So. This this kind of fighters make me make me uh, to work hard, you know, make me good motivation. So, yes, like you know, uh, Polish guys. I think I beat all the of them, you know. So maybe if I go middleweight, will be good challenge, you know. This also good motivation for me. So I need something what what. Uh, what keep uh, push me forward, you know? Yes. Do you do you realize that you are one of the most talked about fighters outside of the UFC? Um, I mean, I can remember the first time I saw you fought Lu Long. I I knew you was going to be huge. I was like, this guy is incredible. And more and more people have been talking about you every time you fight. Are you aware of that? And and how do you deal with that expectation that's now on you as one of the great fighters outside of the UFC? <clears throat> I deal good. It's uh, I want I want to be more. You know, I want in, more in action. I want uh, I want good names. You know, I want to fight good guys and uh, like uh, I don't know who called me out. Uh, I uh, Paul Daly. Yeah, Paul Daly. Wow. Like, yeah, Whoa. Daly, no. that's Paul. a crazy fight. That is an incredible yeah. fight. Yeah, something like this, you no, know, some some fighters like this. So, I I really is good. I I'm good with uh, how to say with uh, all the hype with, with fans. Yeah, with fans, with people. So, I I'm still on the on the floor. I don't fly uh, like other fighters. You know, they win. They won uh, one two fights, and they think. Uh, I'm the superhero, you know. I'm not like like that guy. So I was in a Trister Gym. I spar with uh, many many good guys: Kevin Lee, uh, Andre Sanchez, uh, Nordin Taleb. Uh, so I see, I see myself. I'm good, you know. So I'm confident. So we will see what uh, what KSW give for me, you know. Tell me what you think would happen if you fought Paul Daly. I forgot all about this. So many people were talking about this. And um, thank you for reminding me. I love this yeah. fight. What, what do you think of this fight? Yeah, it's a good fight. I like too, man. It's good. <laughs> both both strikers. So this is big challenge for me. Serious name. Uh, legend in MMA. You know, it's, it's, uh, he fought everyone. Uh, so will be good if if uh, KSW made this you know but uh, Scott Cooker must uh, must uh, uh, agree from contra yeah agree you think for you the, could knock for him the out belt, uh, yeah for everyone <laughs> i i believe i believe everyone when i when i also 
with the big lows when I spar. Okay, I don't want spar sparring, sparring, but uh, fight is fight. That's that's different, uh, different story. But when I when I see on on the good boxers and uh, when I see uh, good MMA fighters, so I, I when I put my pressure, I think uh, nobody can uh, handle with this, you know. So I believe in myself, you know. So. Uh, I have also one lose, big lose. That this lose uh, learned me a lot. You know, I learn a lot from this lose. So I'm, I I give pressure, but I'm secure. You know, so I'm I'm trouble for everyone. That's that that's uh, what I think. You know, I agree. I I believe you are trouble for everyone too, my friend. Um, I, I was I was uh I heard that the UFC are very interested in signing you. Have you heard this? Have they inquired about you? Because from what I've heard from different managers in the sport, you are one of the guys they really, really want. Yeah, that's true. That's true. My mon my manager uh, tell to me every day. Sean uh, shall be calling. So <laughs> every day, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like like every day he say, hey, what about Robocop? I'm ready for everything, you know. But uh, still. Still, I have contract with KSW, so I have to stay. I don't want, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't want talk a lot because I need finish, finish first uh, with KSW and what what they they can give for me. You know? So I'm champion there. They they respect me a lot. I like I like Polish Polish guys, Polish people, Polish fans. You know, so they they give me a lot of respect. Everything. Well, if I need uh, doctors, I don't know if I need uh, some help. Mm. So they care about me. I, I think and, uh, KSW is amazing, without a doubt. Yeah. I think it's yeah. it's one of the best promotions in the world. Um, and, and without them, they they have given you a huge stage, a huge platform, and and yeah. they have made you a star as well. But but could this be your last contract with KSW? You said earlier you have four fights. That's a long time. And um, could this be the last one? I need to speak again with manager. You know, we 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 have to talk after this uh, this uh, um, pandemic. You know, this Corona make me <laughs> make me a lot of trouble here <laughs> yes. because yeah, this this made made a lot of uh, I don't know how to say a lot of shit, <laughs> a lot of complications. Yeah, so I think. Uh, yeah. I hope one one fight in this this year. So we'll see. We'll see. I cannot talk a lot because I don't know what's gonna happen in future with uh, with Corona and uh, with with KSW. We'll see. Maybe maybe no 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 uh, all the year no fight. You know. Yes, so. maybe maybe. I wanted yeah. to ask you one more question, Roberto, and thank okay. you so much for for speaking to me no, today. Always. What did you think of that Mike Tyson clip? I saw you did uh, the same combination, <laughs> but holy shit, right? This is pretty exciting, uh, bro. The, I, I put the. I, I don't want uh, how to say in English. Uh, I don't want to uh, put uh, com compare. You know. Oh it's, yes, uh, yes. You, it's a tribute. Yeah, it's a tribute. Yeah, it's just just. Uh, I just do combination. I'm not, uh, and the people say, "Hey, Mike is better." Of course, Mike is better. Mike is a <laughs> boxer legend, you know. 
I don't want to compare. Just I like the the I like the combination. I like the move. I like the punches. You know, so it's good. Sometimes one day I want to be Mike Tyson. Second day I want to be another boxer. You know, third uh, third day I want to be a good wrestler. Yes. Know? So always I put uh, something what uh, give me motivation. You know. You think? So. Would you like to see him fight again? I know, man. So <laughs> it's, it's finished. It's finished. It. This, this, he a big name, huge name, legend. Why you? Why you need fight? You know, just be smart. The yes. best, the best, uh, the best. Uh, how to say, best? Uh, the guy for this is uh, George Saint Pierre. Is best idol for me. You know, so it's a good uh, picture. I, I see when I see George Saint Pierre, what he do. So I like this, you know. So Walking he's away at the smart. right time. Yeah, he's a very smart guy. So, so it's good to learn from GSP. You know? Absolutely, Roberto. Thank you so yeah. much, my friend. It's always a pleasure thank to you. speak to you. Your English is incredible. You've done amazing. Yeah, going better. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. It's improved so much, champ. Thank you so thank much. I cannot wait to see you fight before the end of the year. Uh, we will all be yeah. watching. I can't wait, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, and see you. And there he was, Mr. Roberto Solich. Wow, I was very impressed with how much his English has improved, man. Like, I mean, from the first time he was on the show, go back and listen to that, to the way he's speaking there. It's really impressive. Yeah, no, um, very interesting. And the guy, he's obviously very highly sought after by the UFC. So, um, yeah, yeah, fair play to him. Um, wants to learn uh, the language um, for a future push in the UFC. He's a step ahead of Peter Yeah, Jan. I mean, it definitely is a thing. It definitely is a thing. 100%, There's no 100%. doubt about it. 100%. I wanted to ask you, Noel, there was lots of talk about will the fighters be as conditioned as they usually are, etc. ahead of those fights on Saturday. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you was, were you conditioned for the late nights the way you used to be? Because I certainly Jesus. wasn't. I put nah. on five pounds. I put on five pounds on Saturday alone by just eating myself awake while that fucking fight was on. I put on half a stone nearly. That's, that's impressive. That is good. Yeah, you are a pig. Um, and it's amazing that you're not. Oh, disgusting. You're, it, no, it's it, yeah, it's it's amazing. You're not a, a, a big large thing like me, but um, yeah, you're not that large. Will I tell you what I got through though? Will I can I tell you my, go on, my go on, what go I on, went go on, through? Go on, go on. I had three uh, cans that I blashed at eight percent rocket fuel. At uh, four, sorry, at four of them, I had six hot dogs with two frankfurters on each on each um, swine. I, I ate, right? I, this is what happened. I was telling me dad about today. I ate two at about midnight. The fight's finished at about <laughs> half six. So I ate two at midnight. And then about two o'clock, I was, was drifting off to sleep. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll make food. I made two more hot dogs. Then half four, before just after uh, Nganu sparked uh, Gerzinho, I made another two. And by, by the time the main event finished, I was actually stationary on the couch, unable to move. I was just sitting there holding my stomach going, what the fuck have I just done? But without that agony, I don't think I would have been able to stay awake. That's the genuine truth. Jesus. Now, listen, I was fucking in bits. I, because of being on, you know, in our game, you know, you're covering MMA, you're watching it every week, you're up till fucking all it. It fucks you up all week. Um, And the hours I generally work. And I noticed, that's one thing I've noticed. I'm actually getting, going to bed at reasonable hours now. And last Saturday was the first time in eight. And I did struggle, man. Um, I was doing, you know, I was on the conference calls listening as well, or not the conference, the virtual media calls post-fight as well. I was listening to, into all that, watching on my laptop. 
So yeah, I've definitely struggled in in terms of that, like keeping awake late at night and stuff. I, like I'm literally in bed. At, like last night, I was in bed at eleven o'clock. I think you texted me a message from you this morning when I woke up, sent at half eleven that last night. So it just shows you that I'm not on social media and shit as much and just chilling the fuck out. Like it's nice. It's it's nice. And it was. It was tough on Saturday. I was I was fucking struggling at one point. I drank a shitload of cans of coke and I had a I had a four I think I had four beers during the day on Saturday. That was it. Like and then went in. But yeah, man, Jesus Christ, it's uh it's not getting not getting uh not getting easier with this fucking pandemic. Motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, it's making us all healthy and shit. It's disgusting, really. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not, like, I'm still, I'm still a fat fuck, but <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm, wouldn't no say I'm very you. healthy. But, um, yeah, it was, oh, uh, yeah. it was worth staying up for. It was a great car, in fairness. My, yeah, uh, jogging career has taken a serious knock. Jogging. I've injured my arse. I've injured my arse. Uh, my, my right arse. Is that from Elaine whipping you? Or actually running. It's, it might be. We, we, we've yet to get to the okay. bottom of what the problem is, but I've pulled a severe muscle in my arse. Um, and one of my friends, Steve, is sending me some stretches. But the problem is, when I pull a muscle in my lower body, I'm so flexible, I can't stretch it properly. Like, there's no stretch you can give me that will actually stretch the fucking thing properly. Like, I'm leaving my head, my legs behind my head, basically trying to stretch this out. Um, it's cross it's your, cross ridiculous. Your, cross your legs. Two legs, your your left over your right. I know. Straight push legs down the, yeah. and go left and right. You should be able to stretch. Should it doesn't be. do shit, man. I'm so flexible. Jesus Christ, um, that's bad. I, do that. We we were saying we were saying there just before this segment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, believe it or not, Conor McGregor had something to say about Justin Gaethje, Conor, uh, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, and Tony Ferguson. Um, I'm going to go through these and I'll probably read these terribly, but here we go. Um, this was only an hour ago on Monday. The fans make the sport. Watching the other night, I was against going in without them, but it will be my fucking pleasure to display the power I possess with zero backdrop noise for them. Background noise, excuse me. It's me and Justin next as Habib is the biggest bottle fighter in the game. Guarantee it. I love Tony. We represented him amazingly at Paradigm Sports and were betrayed for a promise of a baseball contract. But frame and preparation here was just embarrassing. His methods and conversation are humorous, enjoyable, but he was ne- never the level perceived, although tough. It's Dustin Tony next when Tony heals, if he does. Dustin will beat him also if changes are not made, which they won't. Dustin, although game and in the mix, will be fed to the floor again. Couple wins here, there, then folded in half. Rinse and repeat. Dustin Career. Um, Justin, as in Gaethje, there is no danger in a man that hugs legs, we all know. Try and dance around what the real threat is here all you want. I'm going to fucking butcher you. Your teeth. I'm going to put them on a fucking necklace. Speak on my skills as a father. You are fucking dead. Don't ever say... You represent the great nation of the United States of America ever again. No true American would speak so highly of or allow a convicted member of a jihadi terror cell represent them. Never forget, you are a fucking blind fool and I'm going to finish the job. Habib, you absolute embarrassment. Scurrying, hiding, rat as usual. 
as I have said many times, as has been has been seen many times, through the pane of glass, it was confirmed that was all what was always known. No comment, LOL. An embarrassment to real fighting. After this de- division demolition job, it is one seventy pounds. Few words there, Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, 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 around, where do you start with all that? Um, yeah, like the Gaethje one. I didn't. I didn't hear. Did Gaethje question his abilities as a father or has in the past? I don't know. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Obviously, he, he time said, of recording. He said. He said something around the time. Um, I can't remember. It was one of the the controversial okay, uh, right. situations yeah. McGregor was involved in. He oh, talked to TMZ, I believe it was at the time. Yeah. Well, look. Um, look. Yeah. It There's is. lots of appetite for that fight, let's be honest. Yeah, and I think it is the interesting one. I think you have to take in consideration as well. And I know someone actually mentioned to me last night um, that um, who did it? Marla Marais and Henry fought before. They were both Ali's guys. But I don't really remember an awful lot of times where two of Ali's fighters have fought against each other. Um, that being one of the rare occasions. So I'm a little bit skeptical if the UFC are going to put on um, Habib and, and Justin and um, I think Ali's going to have a big say in that, and I think also, um, you know, if you're looking at Habib, wants to come back, I think, um, what what did he say, August maybe, and I think Gaethje was saying August, September at the end as well, I think the UFC um, might really get behind this fight in terms of having Justin Gaethje and Conor McGregor, if they can do that, Um because I'm not, I'm just, I'm just a little bit edgy with when when Ali's two of his guys are together. I don't think we've seen an awful lot, and I think that could be very much the case. And it doesn't suit his interests either, really. Um, it's better if they stay apart for a while. Um, that's interesting. So I think Connor's seen an angle there to to possibly sell a big fight and get himself right back in the picture. Because I think Habib has said numerous times that he's not going to give him a rematch straight away. He's going to have to fight once more time, uh, one more time at least. So I look at that being the case, and. Uh, like it's going to be an interesting one because I saw a lot of people and you know fans and I know they're probably McGregor fans. You're know, saying he's a horror. You know, Connor's a great matchup for for Gaethje. I don't really go along with that to be honest. With you, I think well, from what we saw with Justin Gaethje tonight, I'd be very very worried if I was anyone fighting that guy in that division. Yeah, I mean, look, I completely get it. Uh, if you're a Conor McGregor fan, you know that. Uh, Connor can stand and bang with the very best of them. Um, he's going to hit Justin a lot harder than Tony hit the other night. That's for sure. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And it's it's the fact that you know uh, it's a different different look completely. Like you know that was that a, a lead left hook that Justin was landing or was he was he in a southpaw stance? I don't have a clue. But I mean it's a very different mm-hmm. fight. Um, I believe anyway. Um, I think there's do an, you, I think there's an appetite for Do you think that's though. the way to go? I, yeah, I, I do think it's the way to go. Like if you know, if McGregor wants it, you know, I was sort of in the illusion that they might do, you know, him and Usman and Connor sort of wanting to to claim a title in every division. But yeah, I think with him coming out saying that, and he sent tend to have done that this year after most lightweights in the division fight or in the upper echelon of the division, he's come out and made comments, and that was a pretty um, scathing attack to, to say the least. I don't think he's been that nasty in a long time on Twitter towards a, another lightweight than we've just seen there. So maybe that shows you the desire of Conor McGregor to throw down against Justin Gaethje. And yeah, and I mean, if this is a new kind of impetus for Conor, like we saw, you know, 
when Habib's family was brought into it, what what it did to him, it, it, yeah. it, it's a different thing. Um, and I just found that headline. Um, it's Justin Gage rips Conor McGregor. You are a shit human father and husband. Mm. Um, that was in September of 2019. Um, I felt as though, I said it earlier, Conor was a big winner just by proxy yes. of what happened the other night. But I, I feel like this, this is the fight, as you say, which is very likely at the moment. Um, yeah, and I think that's for, unless, of you know, course, Habib, for the, for Habib the, kind of steps in and says, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm fighting Gaethje. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But it, for the UFC, financially, it makes sense as well. There's a story there. Uh, he's one of Ali's guys again. It builds uh, even a stronger narrative of this path back for Conor McGregor to the UFC title, which the UFC want. They totally want that. Let's not talk shit. The UFC want Conor McGregor. Um, if he is to fight Justin Gaethje, they would want Conor McGregor to win. To, to really force through that rematch with Habib and sell millions and millions and millions in pay-per-views. That's what they want. They don't care about how nasty the narrative gets if he, if it gets like it it did the last time. And I'm sure it would escalate above that. That would suit them because they know there'd be more people interested in it. So, yeah, I think there's a path there. There's a narrative. There's a storyline. He's one of Ali's guys. He's friends with Habib. Ali Abdelaziz doesn't want uh, Justin and him matched up straight away, obviously financial interests i would believe so that Are is you joking me the amount of money he'd make off gaethje and fucking habib fighting each other yeah. right now yeah yeah he'd make more though if, if you know if they went the longer route in my opinion but uh sure yeah that, that's the way i think of it well, if, one, if, <laughs> if, if if one of them's gonna end up fighting connor anyway i don't think he gives a shit like i mean but it's gonna two, be a big if, pay, if two, of them, two of them to fight connor again it's doubling so there you go. Oh, yeah, that's that's a lot more, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so I'm sure um, you'd like the longer route, but yeah. Uh, and some other skating attacks as well, and on Poirier and on uh, Tony Ferguson as well. So, but but that was probably the most yeah. most um, heated. Well, yeah. Um. I, I tell you what, man. Um. And we we've given Connor his fair share of criticism on this show. Um. But. If he managed to come back and be Gagey and then beat Khabib Nurmagomedov, it would be the most exceptional comeback in the history of mixed martial arts. Mm. And I, I said it as soon as he lost to Khabib. I said, I am doubting him now. And I know he'll love to shut me the fuck up. He lo- And I wasn't the only one. I mean, everybody was. Let's yeah, be honest. He's not what he used to be. He'll never be what he was. If he came back and did this, and I'm still down. Mm. If he came back and did this, it's the greatest, the most, one of the most exceptional feats in mixed martial arts history as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, of course it will. Um, listen, I was at the Habib fight and I think it was, a, it was a very, very poor version of Conor McGregor. I think it was obviously a lot going on outside the octagon, well-documented uh, reports. I, I think that had obviously a lot to do. I think Conor's a lot, you know, you see him now. He, he's obviously since the Cerrone fight, before the Cerrone fight, he's got back into sort of a rhythm. But it's very, very hard, again, as we said a number of months ago, to, to see where he is from that Cerrone fight. You know, I believe it probably should have been Anthony Pettis who got that shot um, at Conor McGregor, not Donald Cerrone, because it's where Cerrone's at in his career. Cerrone shows up at certain times. So, yeah, we, we don't really know. But in terms of Conor's mindset, he seems to be in a better place from what we've seen um, over the last six to seven months. Interesting all the same. But, yeah, it, it probably will be right up there if he goes out and... If he was to get that Gaethje fight and spark Gaethje and set up a world title fight against Habib, it would be the greatest redemption story probably ever in mixed martial arts. 
Indeed, indeed. And I think that's all we have for this week. Um, it's a fucking long stay one. Stay tuned. Yeah, it's a very long one. And I, I haven't eaten. That. I've had two um, slices of toast today, PT, for fuck's sake. And it's 10 o'clock. Jesus Christ. The world the world in peril and Noel McGrath worried about his dinner. There is no more Southside gesture we can give you Shut before the, the end up. of this show. Um, just to let you guys know, the terrain of this show will have changed very dramatically before next week's episode. So make sure you just tune in. Um, we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, we love his loads. Enjoy the two fight nights and stay safe. Wash your fucking hands. And don't be breathing on people. Love his loads. Love.